Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show is on. And now, starting an hour earlier, welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Here's your host, Michael Ball. And away we go on a Friday before the first game of the season for your Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Yes, I am Michael Ball. And my sidekick is Sean Kleisinger, co-host and producer here on Saskatchewan's most listened to sports talk presentation, The Sports Cage. You Sports Cage shareholders can get a hold of us at 936-6262. That's our text line. It's powered by Capital Auto Group. You can also call that number locally. Or one eight six six seven six seven zero six twenty. How do you think the Riders do on Sunday against the Edmonton Elks? We'd love to uh, uh, have you weigh in either via the text or on the phone line. Our hotline is powered by Cap or uh, sorry, Al Western Pizza. Get it hot, get it fast at Western Pizza. And Friday show a presentation of our good friends over there at Nelson Home, supplying home packages and RTMs for over sixty five years. Zinger, how are you, my friend? Good. How are you doing, man? Good. Hey, I uh, our building guy here. His name is slipping my mind, but he is a. Um, He's a new Canadian, okay? Mm-hmm. And he's been here a couple of years. Man, I, I gave him a thumbs up today. His English has really come on, and I uh, I credit him. I, I don't think I could go. I think he's from Pakistan or Bangladesh or something. Yep. I, I couldn't go over there and do that. I know I, who I you're talking ki- about. He's yeah. a good good guy. Yeah, I'd get I like killed. talking with him. I'd get killed. Yep. I'd get killed, man. Absolutely got a lot of He held the door respect. open for me today, actually. And I was like, well, I held the door open you. for him, Thank actually. Thank you, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I, I, it should be the other way around. And that's exactly be. what he said to me. Thank you, my friend. And then he said, have a good weekend. Yeah. Before, he would just give me a thumbs up and nod. So he's really... Yeah. Uh, that's what I'm talking about. It's what I'm talking going about, Going into man. the weekend and stuff. What did you yeah. think of that game last night? It was pretty, uh, I thought it, exactly the way I thought it was going to go outside of D- Dane Evans not really coming into I the I thought I predicted exactly how it would go. Jake Mayer is going to be a flop this year. I know it's only one game. Did you see him last night? He couldn't even pick up the blitz. <laughs> he looked rattled. He can't throw it deep. I was unable to watch uh, the majority of the game because I was at oh, the yeah, Red, Red Sox, Sox game, yeah, but yeah. I saw the highlights yeah. and uh, yeah. he wasn't looking very good, man. And Vernon Adams was not elite, but he was good at the start, especially the first drive. Had two touchdown passes in the first half. He also had an interception. He was really good in the first half and just okay in the second half. That's kind of Vernon Adams in a nutshell, isn't it? Yeah. Really good and then just okay. And hopefully everyone hit the under on the passing yards because I'm pretty sure they would have won. Uh, no, Vernon was a 270. Was he? Okay. Yeah, he had a 270. Like Mayer I said, was only not 154. Watch the game. <laughs> Mayer was 154. Now, people are talking, ooh, that looked pretty gross for a crowd. It, did, it wasn't a great crowd. 18,000, which, once again, I'll remind you, is now the Flames play more games, but the Calgary Stampeders get as many fl- uh, fans as the Calgary Flames. They both have crappy stadiums. The Flames getting a new one. The Stamps aren't. And in this day and age, people are not 
generally going to go to an archaic old stadium where it's dingy underneath the stadium. And it's a Thursday night. Thursday night, it's beautiful. Um, I think the league needs to help some of these teams out and try to schedule as many games as possible, either on Fridays or weekends. These Thursday nighters and venues that are kind of struggling with attendance, probably not the most ideal well, thing to do. Well, but here's the thing, Zinger. Are you going to sit in a stadium? You will, because you're a nut job. Mm-hmm. But we, are you going to sit in a stadium where there's no back on the bench and you're just going to sit there and watch yep. the game. You L- will. L- Lambeau Field. A lot of people won't do that. <laughs> yeah, a lot no. of people won't do that. Archaic. Lambeau Field's old, but they've re- they've re- renovated yeah, it's it. That's a good mixture. You go them. underneath McMahon Stadium, it's a dump. Yeah. Like McMahon Stadium's a dump. Well, Cal- it looks like, basically, it looks like what Taylor Field looked like. Calgary deserves, the Stampeders deserve a new stadium, yeah, the Dinos. Do. But I think that falls under the Dinos. It's on UFC campus. So the Dinos, the they have a lot to say. Not the Dinos, but the UFC have a lot to say on that. So Just it, build it in the same spot. The Stamps could play somewhere else for a couple of years and just bulldoze McMahon down and, you know, build it right there. I will That's tell you, beautiful... too, Calgary, they don't they don't market their football team very well at all. They put all their money into marketing the Flames. The same uh, ownership group owns both. And last year proved the point to me. Like, when we went to that game last year, I think our kickoff last October, whatever it was, was like a 2 o'clock game. And the Oilers and the Flames, one of their only three matchups, um... Before we call the CFL Bush League, the NHL's Bush League on steroids, if you want to compare the two. Uh, They only played three games last year. It was one of the Battle of Alberta's early on in October. It was in Calgary. It was an 8 o'clock faceoff. And instead of the Riders playing at 2 like they should have, they played at like 5 or 6. So you couldn't even make it a weekend. Like, you know, you could have done a double dip. Get your stamps tickets and get uh, $20 off a Flames ticket or something. They didn't do that. That's too bad. Where's the forward thinking yeah, in that so, organization? So, huh? I don't know. So can we draw much of a conclusion after? I was joking about Jake Mayer, but I don't know that he's going to be as elite as they think. Ever since he signed that contract, it's kind of not been great for him. So what kind of conclusions can you draw from I'm, I'm drawing some pretty good conclusions. I, what do you I, think? I, I know it's just one week, but, you know, they moved on from a future Hall of Famer for this guy. So obviously you're going to have your concerns when he lays an egg like that. By so, the way, yeah, give it, give it like four weeks. By the way, we're going to hear from Andy Fantuz a little later on about the Hamilton Tiger Cats. They are taking on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers tonight. 6.30 kickoff our time. Zinger. That Hall of Famer you referred to making his debut in Hamilton Tiger Cat Colors in front of a national audience. First time we'll see him nationally. It'll be weird to watch him. How do you think he's going to do? I hope this for this game, I hope that he does really good. I think Hamilton will win this game. I think so. That's my prediction. I think Hamilton wins this game. We'll go through some of the uh, it's gonna be close, the odds for the game. Yeah, It's going to be a good game. It will be a great game. It's I think. 6.30 Saskatchewan. Yeah, 6.30 Saskatchewan time. Um, boy, can the Ottawa Senators screw up? Yeah, what did they do sale? today? They, well, they, they just... They messed their, their, their sale, um, apparently, Apostolopoulos, the... the 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 rich billionaire Canadian who wanted to buy the Washington Commanders. Oh yeah, uh, he joined. Um, he has submitted the highest bid for the team at more than one billion. But 
grew frustrated by the lengthy process, according to Bruce Garriock of Post Media. He's the founder of a private equity firm, Six Ventures. He joined a group led by Windsor-based construction land developer in Oshawa Generals owner Rocco Tulio uh, to help uh, back his bid for the NHL franchise. But he walked away, and apparently that uh, Nico Sparks, that bid, that also has... Um, also has uh, Snoop Dogg involved in it, uh, is seen as underfunded and doesn't stand much of a chance of winning. So Michael uh, and Lauer's bid, along with a bid by Jeffrey and Michael Kimmel of Harlow Capital, will be the only appear to be the only remaining options for the Ottawa Senators. So stay tuned there. Pierre uh-huh. Pierre Luc Dubois wants to get traded from the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, he's going to be an unrestricted free agent next summer. He wants out. Would I, you accept him in Edmonton or what? No, no, no. I don't want him. Nah, I don't think he's. A, I don't. He's okay. Yeah, he's I'm, not. Nah, well, I'm not a big. Why fan. is he in the news all the time? Not, no, well, he's, he's always whining. Great. He's he's 24 years old. He's now been on two teams and wanted to trade out of both teams. Yeah. I don't know. Not a big fan. Hey, the uh, Toronto Blue Jays, they uh, take on the Minnesota Twins a weekend set. Jays are smoking now. They've won nine of their past 11 games. They got all their runs in the fifth inning zinger. That was a big series win. Um, We're talking three out of four against the defending World Series champs. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. You know, now let's just try to ride this wave. Now, this is a team they're playing this weekend that they should win at least two out of three. Minnesota, I think they're at the top of the Central right now, but they're like hovering a game or two above or uh, below 500. So this is a game that the Jays need to win tonight. Yusei Kikuchi's on the hill, uh, followed by, I believe, Kevin Gosman will get the start on Sunday. Hmm. I'm not sure if we've seen who they're going to plug in for Alec Manoa yet tomorrow. But uh, that's to be seen, I guess. So at the RBC Canadian Open in Toronto, the Oakdale Golf and Country Club, um, China's Carl Yang is minus nine and is number one. Aaron Ray from Switzerland is minus eight. Then we've got C.T. Pan, minus seven. Top Canadian right now is Corey Connors. He's minus six. Adam Hadwin, the Canadian, had a great second round. um, Shot a 68, uh, four under 68. He is minus five right now. So he is in the mix tied for 15th. So there you go. Well, Connor, yeah, Connors was tied for first. It just goes to show how hard these tournaments are, huh? Well, he's only through 12. So he's minus six. He could make up ground and be first by the end of this round, too. Yeah. yeah, My son's getting into golf. He... He called me today, Dad. Do you think it's okay if I buy a used set of clubs? <laughs> nice. Yeah. So he's out, been golfing there at the nine hole in Grand Forks. He's getting into. It. He said, "Dad, there's a lot of business deals done, and you can make a lot of friendships on the course." And I said, "You know what, son? You're absolutely right. That's why your dad's poor and has no friends." <laughs> Zinger. I can. I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I can stand in front of 1,500 people and MC something and not break a sweat. I can be behind a microphone and not think about what I assume are thousands of people listening to a football broadcast when the riders are on. Mm-hmm. No problem. If you put me on a tee box with you know, three you, other people, men, women, whatever. You soil I go- yourself. I'm going to be, yeah, I soil myself. Like, honest, and I don't like wearing underwear in the summer. Yeah. So, like, I I, I duff it. If I had to follow the rules where you don't get it past the ladies' tees, you, you know, some, you're golfing with dudes, yeah. they make you drop your shorts. Mm-hmm. I'd be walking around with the, my uh, 
Yeah, mo- you know, um, mooning everybody for half a round. So how like, come do you think this is? I'm just terrible at it. I just can't. I, just, you know yeah. what? It's too. I'm too. It just comes down to confidence. That that, and I'm too ADHD for the game. And yeah. Luke calls me every time because I li- I live out in White City on Aspen Links, right? Yeah. Hey, are you home? No, I'm not home. You know what I'm doing, Luke? <laughs> I'm working. <laughs> Does Did he, he ever stop by and say hi? On well, the, I'm what, never what, there. What, what hole are you on? I'm, on the, I'm not going to tell you that. Oh. I'll tell you off the air. All right. I'm on the course somewhere. I almost got you. Anyway, <laughs> uh, when we come back, let's hear from uh, Larry Dean. By the way, get a hold of us, 936-6262, the number to call locally, 1-866-767-0620. Is this on? Does anybody want to talk some football? Ballsy, I really miss talking to you after the games. Daniela's great, but I, I miss talking to you after the games. You can talk to me every day right here, 3 to 6 on the Sports Cage. Today it's for Nelson Holmes on 620 CKRM. The Kings of Saskatchewan Sports Talk. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. All right, 936-6262, the number to text or call. Uh, you can call one 767 Got you back where you belong. Larry Dean, back where he belongs. He played Will Linebacker last year. When in the middle was Darnell Sankey and Derek Moncrief. By the way, Moncrief was at practice again today. So, okay. But it was a closed practice, so I don't know where it stands with him. I'd be surprised if he plays. Okay. Micah Johnson was there. So things could be rounding into form there, at least on the defensive side. Anyway, Larry Dean, as you'll hear, I caught up with him after practice. He has a new appreciation for the linebacking spot, being that he played out of position last year. With Riders middle linebacker Larry Dean, man, back where you belong in the middle. How's it feeling? I uh, feel good. Feel good to be back out here with the guys. Yeah, and uh, you're uh, right in the heart of it, right in the middle. Um, is it like you never left, so to speak? Uh, no, nah, I come with a different perspective now, being that I played out out wide now. Yeah. So I have a, a different perspective for the position, but uh, definitely like you know. No, 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 let off. Yeah, can you expand on that? What, what, how did the perspective change for you when you played out there and then moved back in the middle? Because now you're dealing with more, more so route concepts as instead of just focusing on the box, that triangle in the box. But being outside, you have to reroute receivers. You know, being to the boundaries, sometimes you get the the better matchups over there to the boundaries. So you're experiencing all that, just the communication from the back end, and just knowing exactly what. My will is experiencing now firsthand, as opposed to just seeing it on the on the blackboard and asking him to go do it. I I know exactly what he's experiencing in the communication he could, he should be expecting. So you're so that would make you a better football player then. <laughs> Jury's still out on that. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. Hey, uh, you got uh, Micah Tights playing the will. You guys didn't play together because he was hurt. Uh, what's the chemistry like there? Oh, it's been good. We were together all last year. Like I say, he was injured, but he yeah. stayed around. Yeah. So he was in every meeting. He attended everything, you know, and uh, it's been good. Yeah, so talk about that. How much did you help him? Because you had the Achilles and were out, and, and you went through that. So how much did you help him get through that? I think, you know, he leaned on me a couple of times, just, you know, not from a physical standpoint, but just from the mental aspect of it and just knowing that going to be back and you know you just stick to the game plan with your rehab program and and trust the process and uh you're going to be back man but you know every player who suffers a serious injury like that goes to a point I feel like where you hit that wall 
and you're just questioning your abilities and if it ever be the same and things like that. And you know, as a player, that's your livelihood. So you want to know the answers, but you just have to lean on the Lord and you know, it's going to be all right. <laughs> what was, what was it like for you to know it was all right last year? Was it a sense of relief? Like, cause you're like, Hey, you, you got hurt. You're in your thirties. You came back. You didn't really miss a beat. At least that how it looked to me in the broadcast booth. Maybe it was a little bit of a struggle early, but was it a relief for you? Uh, most definitely, like I say, I give all praise to God and uh, the team, the rehab team that I have, man, we worked diligently every day and uh, we had a goal in mind to get back and not miss a beat. And uh, I feel like we accomplished that. Mm -hmm. So how is this Larry Dean different than the Larry Dean that came into this league? How, what would you say mentally, physically? How are you different? Uh, I'm mature. I'm, uh, you know, time on my side. So I have experience. Um, I'm definitely a better leader. You know, I. I've always had the unique aspect, you know, the the quality of being a leader. But now I just feel like I'm a better at a better leader in every aspect. You know, I can lead the guys in, in, you know, not only just from lip service, but from experience as well. And you know, just talk to them and, you know, and by examples too. You yeah. know, I have tape out there, a lot of footage out there too that they can see. So, are you a more lead by example guy, or are you fiery behind closed doors? Because here you're mild mannered and well spoken, but do you can you light it up in the locker room? Like we just had to leave that in the locker room, you know. Some, sometimes we, we just have to leave for the locker room, and you know, sometimes we just keep for the guys. Did you always? You talk about maturing. The one, the one image for me last year is when Jeremiah Soli got hurt, and you, you knelt beside him and talked to him. Okay, um, and I know you guys were past teammates, but that really was a sign of respect. Did you always have that respect for your opponents in the game, or is that something you got as you matured? No, you always have that. I mean, it's like anything in life. You respect it, it's going to respect you. And that just comes a part of the game. And uh, at the same time, we share a different moment because, like you said, we have played together. So, you know, that's a different, that's a brother to me, you know. So to see him down, you know, I just wanted to check on his well-being and, you know, outside of the game. But uh, if any opponent go down, I don't, that's not what I wish for him. But at the same time, you know, that that incident right there was isolated because I really know him. Yeah. Have you talked to him since? Because he's going to miss the first two weeks. It's kind of been a struggle for him coming back. Yeah, we speak here and there. You know how I go with, yeah. you know, via social media and whatnot. But, uh, you know, I always wish the best for him and, you know, rooting for him. And, yeah. you know, until we play against him. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's your buddy till you line up. Right, so right. you're playing Edmonton. They they haven't won on home turf in a couple of years. They have a guaranteed win night there for tickets. Has that been talked about in the locker room with you guys? I don't know. You know what happens in the locker room or what we talk about. We keep it there, yeah. you know? Yeah. So let's talk about it, though, from your perspective. You guys want to get off to 1-0 start. They'll be maybe jockeying with the playoff spot against you in a tough West Division. What's your mindset going into this one? We want to go out and put our best foot forward. We want to uh, go out and do, you know, we had a good camp so far, and, you know, that's over with now, and we're heading into the season. So we want to get, definitely want to get off to a good good start to echo what you said and, uh, you know, see where it goes. What's the mentality going against this offense in terms of they got a couple of good backs, uh, and they got some really good receivers too, and a quarterback that everybody's expecting to take the next step. What are you seeing on film from the Elks? Uh, you know, we have a, a limited – amount from just the preseason yep. and whatnot but you know uh they do have some good things that they're doing over there you know like you say they have two backs that could could tote the ball and uh they have a few good receivers over there that could uh, run run all the routes and you know with the quarterback he can make all the throws so we definitely have to come with our game plan to execute it so larry dean the middle linebacker last question for you what's the strength of this defense do you think going into this one i think our commodity 
just the way that we communicate. And is that got to be the main thing on defense is communication? I think that it's a key ingredient. I don't know, you know, the jury's still out on that, but yeah. we shall see. All right, man. Best of luck. Congratulations on, uh, you know, getting back to some old stomping grounds. Best of luck. Hey, thanks, Mike. Appreciate you. Tell you what, I talk about Zach Kalaros tonight, picked by the top, by everybody's top player of, you know, on the TSN list, was the MOP last year. He's been in three Grey Cups. That's the comeback story of all comeback stories, Zinger. But this Larry Dean... Yeah, it's pretty like, good like, one. like Larry Dean, a linebacker at thir- what is he thirty four now, or he will be thirty four, or maybe thirty five. This dude came back from an Achilles injury. Now I know medicine and rehab and everything has really evolved like everything else, so maybe it's not like it used to be. But he came back, and that was a true. He was the comeback player of the year in the CFL. I know they don't have an award, but he was. Yeah, for he, sure. he's he's set to turn thirty five. Yeah. And he's the middle linebacker. Now, am I a little concerned? Kind of, but he is a specimen. He looks after himself. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, I am concerned about what's going to go on behind him in the depth chart, though. If something go, if, you know, if he gets hurt. Yeah, that's the one position when you look at. That's well, really... actually, the one position. That's the second position for me. The position that that I'm really concerned about is offensive line because yeah. I don't think Philip Blake's going to play. Uh, they've got. Brandon Council at left guard and a right guard Eric Lofton. Now I hope they do well, but no. what happens if there's an injury? Zinger? I don't know. I was going to say that the, if there's the, an the injury one position on defense, linebacker, and offense. Off, I mean, offensive line. Uh, you got to cross your fingers, and it's not like offensive linemen don't get hit, right? Mm-hmm. They get a car accident on every play, so that's going to be something to watch in that game at least on like, Sunday. At least they're different, uh, you know, some new blood in there compared to last year, which gives you a little hope that things oh. will be different outside of well, you think, like if they were running out like Natai yeah, Rogers again yeah, or yeah. something like, like that. Like Lofton has played yeah. the CFL, so that's why I'm kind of holding out some hope. And then over gonna... here, uh, Council has played big time, big boy football with yeah, the Auburn so Tigers. Like, yeah, so so let's. Let's cross our fingers. And I also believe this. Tre- I've said this before, and I mentioned it in the media room today. Trevor Harris is Philip Rivers. He can't run that much. He doesn't run that much. He's a man of faith. Now, he's only got three kids. Riv- Rivers has got 23. Um, <laughs> uh, or what is a 10? But Rivers is a guy, being a San Diego Charger, L.A. Charger guy, mm-hmm. they always had a Rolodex of receivers and offensive lineman patchwork and he because of his football IQ and his toughness in the pocket could maneuver like matriculate the ball down the field with his football IQ and I think that's what we're going to have with Trevor Harris till we get Colin Kelly back uh, from his suspension yeah, so and when you look at it on paper the talent around Trevor Harris this year is mm, I would say probably better than what he had in Montreal I mean yeah. yes he had Eugene Lewis in Montreal but like he's surrounded by a pretty good how team. about Montreal he, they got you're right you're I agree with you sorry for cutting you off no, yeah no, no. yeah Reggie White uh Ellingson, and I forget, they've got three receivers. Oh, Philpot, they're all in a sixth game to mm-hmm. start. Who's Fajardo going to throw the ball to tomorrow? I think uh, we're going to see a whole lot of uh, Cody Fajardo scrambling around. And William Stanbeck, <laughs> left, yeah. William Stanbeck, right. That's going to be an interesting offense to watch. We're going to take a break. Uh, Friday show brought to you by our friends at Nelson Holmes here on 620 CKRM. 
It's 3.33 with your sports ticker and the Toronto Blue Jays taking on the Minnesota Twins tonight at Rogers Center. And the Blue Jays, they're coming off a pretty good series against those Houston Astros winning three out of four. So if you're a Blue Jays fan, hoping to see some more or some more of that tonight at Rogers Center. NBA Finals game four tonight down in South Beach. The Denver Nuggets up in that series two games to one. And uh, Miami Heat. Look to defend home court tonight, trying to tie that series at two apiece. It's a 6.30 p.m. opening tip. It's one of the teams our whole country rallies around. The chase for the championship is on. Time for today's Blue Jays reports on the Sports Cage. Well, the biggest news by far this week for the Toronto Blue Jays was them sending down Alec Manoa to work on you know, basically everything. Mechanics, maybe some mental things going on there. Michael Ball with the radio voice of the Toronto Blue Jays, Ben Wagner. Like you mentioned mechanics. You mentioned all this. Does anything, does that have to do at all with the pitch clock? Do you think that affected him at all? No. You know, I've, I feel like we've kind of exhausted that talking point with a number of guys. You know, and, and how it helps you say Kikuchi, but does it hurt Alec Manoa? And I get stiff-armed every time that I bring it up. And, and whether or not it's it's even the twitch muscles, you know, that need to recover mm-hmm. quicker with the pitch clock. Um, you know, I've, I've asked some very scientific approaches to the way that is like, oh, is he just feeling rushed? You know, that's just simplistic. But is it the twitch muscles? It's just the amount of recovery that's necessary. Um, has it certainly led to frustrations for other pitchers in Major League Baseball? Other pitchers have been more boisterous about, you know, where they feel their struggles are happening. Uh, with Manoa, though, from a Blue Jay front office perspective, from a, from a sports science perspective, from Alec Manoa's perspective, I just get stonewalled every time that I bring it up. So I'm going with the information that I have on that. You're listening to the radio home of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. All right, week one of the CFL kicked off last night. The Calgary Stampeders losing to the BC Lions at McMahon Stadium. The count of 25-15. And uh, tonight it's Bo Levi Mitchell and the Hamilton Tiger Cats in Winnipeg to take on the Blue Bombers who dress a veteran-laden team. Zach Kalaros, um, Brady Oliveira, that great receiving core. Who's got a better receiving core zinger? Now, Lawler's out for four weeks because of that DUI thing that he's dealing with. Who's got a better receiving core? The Winnipeg Blue Bombers, Rashid Bailey, Nick Dembski, Lawler when he's there, Dalton Schoen, um, Agadosi. I think those are the main ones. Or the Edmonton Elks. Dylan Mitchell, Stephen Dunbar Jr., Geno Lewis, uh, Kyron Moore, if he gets in, Manny Arsenault. That's a great receiving oh, core. If I had to choose between the two, uh, I'm, I'll probably lean towards the best receiver in the league, which is Eugene Lewis. Yeah. So I'm going to go with the Elks. I think so, too. I'm yeah. going Elks, uh, but it's close. It's close. But, but yeah. Winnipeg, at least right now, without watching any games this year, Winnipeg will probably get the most out of their receivers because of Kalaros if he stays healthy. Although what did you make of what Arash said? It's a long shot, but do you 
Do you think because he didn't have to be a landscaper this year and he got to actually work out as a quarterback, a professional quarterback in the offseason? No, I don't buy that. I, I, I had a 24 hours to think about it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that's I don't think he's winning any MOP. No, I think he, he won't have a bad year by any means. Like yeah. he, I think he'll be uh, middle of the road towards maybe a top four quarterback in the league, maybe three. Who mm-hmm. knows? I don't know. But I don't see him the MOP because he's not, you know, scraping grass around. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Wayne Bricks. What did you think of? Uh, what do you think the Americans thought when they were watching the uh, game? And Rod Smith said, "Rene Paradis lines up for a field goal. He's also a firefighter." <laughs> yeah, I know. That's hilarious. <laughs> I will say this: you didn't watch the game, but I he I, struggled yesterday. Didn't he did he? two of four. I'm going to give kudos to. Um, I will give kudos to TSN for this. They did a great job of ambient audio. Like, it wasn't too over the top. You could kind of hear stuff at field level, but it wasn't like it was drowning out the guys doing the game. And they had some really good, like, drone shots and stuff, like, over the crowd and stuff. Mm -hmm. I thought TSN did a pretty good job that way. There were a couple of wonky times on the sidelines when they cut to the sideline camera, and the guy had it facing the ground or whatever. But for the most part, that presentation was good. Um Rod Smith and Glenn Suter did a professional job. I'll tell you what, the panel, Matt Dunnigan is the best panelist there because he is true to form. He is Matt Dunnigan. Sometimes he loses his train of thought because basically he's had his head smashed in a hundred times. Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. He played in a different era. He'd even admit Those helmets were not very good. I love Matty Ice. When he's on this show, man, love Matt Dunnigan. So I like him. Like he's, he is true to himself, kind of folksy, that type of thing. Um, Davis Sanchez and Milt Stiegel were great football players and they might be knowledgeable. Well, they are knowledgeable about the game. Okay. But along with Kate Burness, in my humble opinion, they're trying to be too much like the TNT basketball panel. They're trying to force chemistry and talking over each other. And that's just my critique. People can critique me and they do all the time. I just find that it's too much a bunch of BS. Mm. Like it's not we're done against trying to just be an analyst. They're trying to do too much of this as you would say, malarkey, and I don't like it. Yeah, no, I can see that. I think the best way to put together a panel is you got to have guys that are like Matt Dunnigan that have their own persona and they're comfortable with who they are. And guys with different types of personalities. I feel like, no, I don't know these guys personally, Uh, but Milt Stiegel and Davis Sanchez, I feel like they're kind of on the same way. Like they're just kind of this... Kind of just there. Yeah, but see, you, need, the- you need some personality. Maybe you can have one guy like that, but it just seems like the whole broadcast is just on a straight line. Well, you know? it, and I, what I don't Forced, like about it is, like it's, yeah, and that's right. It's like it's like one guy's trying to be Charles Barkley, and the other guy's trying to be Kenny Smith or uh, what's his name, uh, Shaq. Mm. They're trying to force chemistry. You don't force chemistry. You either have chemistry or you don't have chemistry. Just stick to what you know. But Davis Sanchez knows how to be a Canadian defensive back, and he knows how to be like he's into betting. Mm-hmm. That's true. You know, they're like stick to what you know. Don't go over the top. Like it's it. it that's I even texted Dunnigan. I said, "Yeah, I really like what you're doing. You are being true to yourself." So mm-hmm. I, I love that. Anyway, that's just my thoughts. Okay, so it's time to continue with our little uh, audio journey here as we tee up for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and the uh, Edmonton Elks.
on Sunday. It's a 2 o'clock uh, pregame show. Our kickoff is at 5, 2 o'clock with Daniela Ponticelli, Don Hewitt, and Wes Cates. Um, we have a punter. And in, he is from, Os- what's the accent? Australia. Yeah, something like that. Melbourne, Australia. God, bad. From Rutgers, the Ray Guy Award winner. Ray Guy's the only punter in the Pro Football Hall of Fame from the Oakland Haters. Korzak from Rutgers won that award, and he is your punter because of an injury to Kari Vedvik. He will be the first guy to hold, but I did see Trevor Harris holding at practice, too, maybe just because if there's an injury to Korzak. Anyway, our own Blaine Wyland had a chance to catch up with the Riders' new punter. All right, I'm joined with Adam Korzak uh, from the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And Adam, I uh, just want to get your thoughts about uh, now uh, completing the first week of practice during the regular season and how things are going for yourself. Yeah, it's been awesome ever since I got here um, during camp in Saskatchewan to, to now the first week. It's been really good, you know, really good coaching staff, good boys, enjoy being around the team. Did you felt like you got kind of thrown in the fire there, you know, with a, as a late addition to training camp? Um, kind of, yes and no. I mean, punting is pretty simple. You just, you know, it's pretty, pretty simple in terms of the play calling, so it's just a matter of executing. So I think if I was maybe a position play, it would have been a bit tricky, but... Given my position, it was, it was pretty easy, but yeah, you're right. It was a uh, quick, quick adjustment, that's for sure. Is there much adjustment as a punter for the Canadian game as opposed to you know transferring from the American game? Uh, again, yes and no. It's kind of the, the rules are different. Obviously, there's a few quirky little things you have to try to get your head around. But once that done, it pretty much it's pretty simple, and it is just punting a ball. So as long as um, I'm executing and, and, and doing what the coaches want and what my teammates um, expect, then I, I'm in a pretty good position. Uh, before you came here to Saskatchewan, had a couple of uh, looks at some mini camps in the NFL with Pittsburgh and Kansas City. I uh, just want to get your thoughts about uh, that experience of going through those mini camps. Yeah, it was a great experience. You know, those the two coaching staffs out there were very, very good with me at the combine at the Reese's Bowl. So I enjoyed being with them for a couple of days and kind of learning how they how they approach things. And it was a very good experience for me. Was it a situation? Were you expecting to get drafted in April? Um, not necessarily. No, I was pretty. Uh, pretty realistic about it and, and coaches what's so good about that was the coaches were very um, honest with me so um, I was hoping just to just to do my best and, and show up every day and just do the best I could and anything they wanted from me I just tried to do the best I could so that was that was pretty much where I was at throughout the offseason. Uh, of course you were the, the first round draft pick of the Rough Riders during the global draft uh, when was your first uh, I guess exposure to the Rough Riders in the Canadian Football League? Well you had an Aussie punter back in the day Josh Bartel so I kind of knew of Josh Bartel through Pro Kick Australia and, and, had, and during his time here he played here for quite a few years so that's how I first, um, it's actually the first CFL team that I heard of, yeah. Um, just going back to the, the background in terms of when did you first become I guess exposed and familiar with American style football? Yeah, so I, growing up in Australia like Sunday night football and Monday night football would be on Monday mornings and Tuesday mornings so I always used to stay at home and watch that from school and you know, I just had an interest in college sports and American sports from an early age. I just, you know, come from a sporting family. We loved all sports. So I was very interested in that. And playing Australian rules football, the punting skill was very transferable. So I knew I'd have a chance when I was 17, 18 and deciding to go to college to, uh, to continue, you know, playing athletics. Can you talk a little bit more about playing Austra- Australian rules football and that whole experience? Yeah, I, I loved it. You know, ever since I was six, I played all the way up to 18. And, you know, it's a very, uh, it's a very dynamic game. It's 18 on the field at a time, 22 total. And it's... Um, you know the positioning of soccer and the contact of rugby and the pass the ball you have to punt it so it is a very it's a great game to watch and you know it's obviously a game that I grew up with and most Australians grew up with. Now you uh, spent your college days with Rutgers just talk about that experience I guess uh, how you made your way up to Rutgers. Yeah so I went to Pro Kick Australia in Melbourne and they they do all my recruiting for me and Rutgers um, approached them wanting a a punter that I a similar punter to me in terms of my skill set so 
I went there in um, December 2017, early enrolled, um, and and spent the last five and a half years there and, and, and loved it. You know, the two coaching staffs I had, especially the last one with Coach Chiano, has been great to me, and, and um, I can't wait to get back there and support the boys. And just get your thoughts about, as well, winning the, the Ray Guy Award last year, just your thoughts about uh, winning that award. Yeah, it was great. You know, obviously I played five years, 58 games, and I had the most punts and most punting yards in NCAA history. So it, it, I've had a lot of experience, and that last year was great for me. And I felt like I was close in 2020 and 2021 being a finalist, and um, to get it was great for me on a personal level. But it, it's also um, kudos to the, the Rockers football team for being so, you know, emphasizing special teams so much, the coaching staff spending so much time on it, and the amount of effort they give, you know, week in and week out. So it really was a team award at the end of the day. Can you talk about your experience inside of the, the kicking room, I guess, here in Saskatchewan, working with Brett Lowther, uh, Corey Vedvik, uh, just your experience with those other two kickers? Yeah, so, you know, Brett and Corey are great. You know, for me, they've, they've, they've welcomed me in, and, and it's just great to be around him in the locker room, you know, not even from a football perspective, just being around the boys type thing. And, and obviously, Jorgen being the long snapper for so long here as well. Great bunch of guys, and the coaching staff is great as well. So I couldn't have asked for anything more and really enjoying it. And just want to get your thoughts about, you know, stepping on the field on Sunday and playing an actual regular season game against the Elks. Yeah, it's exciting. I know all the boys are really pumped up. We had a great week of practice and just excited to go out there and compete. And, and obviously, um, you know, it's, it's, it's great that, you know, the weather's the sun's shining and the boys should be flying around. As a puncher, is there anything particular that you focus on before the game or you just kind of wait the day? Of course, I know weather obviously plays a factor into your role. Yeah, just try to keep an eye on the weather and, um, you know, just try to be going into it as fresh as possible. And, you know, just during the day, just try to watch a bit of golf and take your mind off it type of thing and then, and then lace it up and get ready to go out and execute. All right, well, thanks a lot, Adam. Good luck. Thank you. Appreciate it. Adam Korzak punting for your Saskatchewan Rough Riders because Corey Vedvik's out. We'll get to the injury list next. And maybe some of the prop bets tonight's uh, for tonight's game, Winnipeg and Hamilton. This is the Sports Cage for Nelson Holmes on 620 CKRM. The Sports Cage is your locker room pass. We're talking riders on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. Welcome back to the show. Brought to you by Nelson Holmes. Text line 936-6262. Jeff wants to know... What we think the score is going to be? I already said yesterday, twenty-eight, twenty-four riders. What do you got, Zinger? I can't remember. Oh yeah, I... you said twenty-three, seventeen riders. Yeah, yeah something like that. That now one score game riders. Now, okay, so here we go. With that in mind, by the way, send your text and keep them coming, or you can call nine three six sixty-two sixty-two. Toll free out of town one eight six six seven six seven zero six twenty. Let's talk some football here. Uh, let's look at the injured list. Start with Edmonton. Wesley Applin. The uh, linebacker out with the knee. Uh, Marlo Sean Franklin Jr., defensive back, has a hand injury. He's out. Aaron Grimes, veteran defensive back, out with a knee injury. Hasn't practiced all week. He's out. Eli Menser, linebacker with the shoulders out. And Samuel Thomason, offensive lineman, out with a calf injury. Now, for your Saskatchewan Rough Riders, this isn't a big surprise. Kean Schaefer Baker is out with a hip injury, and he's out till probably midseason. Uh, Godfrey Onyeka hurt himself in the first preseason game with a torn pec muscle. He's out. Corey Vedvik has a hip problem, quad hip problem. He is out. He's on the one-game injured list. Braden Lenius will not play because of a lower back. He is out. Philip Blake will not play because a strained chest muscle. So he is out. 
Colin Kelly is out. Uh, the he is practicing, but he's out because of suspension, right? Yeah. Jawan Breskison um, did practice today, but he is. Uh, they don't know. A, doesn't really say a status. No, for him. Uh, he's got a limited, uh, limited. Uh, well, he was limited yesterday and Wednesday. Today he practiced fully, but it was a shoulder situation. Derek Moncrief is not going to uh, play. He was out there at practice today. was a closed practice, but he is out for the game. And Shea Patterson, quarterback, ankle, uh, he is a full participant. Now, we uh, in practice today, we do not have a depth chart. We won't go until tomorrow. So I can't tell you how the quarterbacks are going to line up. Yeah. It's going to be fine, Dolagala. I'm assuming it's going to be fine. <clears throat> I think it's going to be probably fine, fine. And then Shea Patterson as your third down specialist? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. But Dolagala this injury the... report all week. I don't know what's, yeah, what's going to happen. Who knows? So that's the big concern for me. Centers, tra- uh, centers Peter Godber, okay? I'm going to grab a pen here. I don't have a depth chart in front of me. I don't even have a roster in front of me. I know I could Google, but here we go. So you got Peter Godber at center. I hope the oh, line works better than my pen. <laughs> Peter Godber's at center. Your left guard is Evan, Evan Johnson. Johnson. Yep. Your right guard is Logan, uh, Logan Furland. Your right tackle is Eric Lofton. And your left tackle is Brandon Shorts. Council. No, Shorts is Short, gone. Yeah, yeah, right. Brandon Council, Council from Auburn. Yes. yes. Um, so there you go. Now, it's a dog's breakfast after that. Mm-hmm. I, I, you'll have Logan Bandy as a backup for sure. And I'm trying to think who who uh, else would be our. Maybe bring up Riley Schick from the practice yeah, roster, fresh off the Regina Thunder, huh? I don't know. <laughs> that's what I'm saying, though. Is that not a? That's a huge concern for this football team. If they like, we're talking offensive linemen. We're not talking, even though our punters hurt. We're not talking punter or a backup receiver. We're talking linemen. This is going to be. It seems like it's absolutely. It seems huge. like a, It's like this every like every year. We go into the season thinking our O line is going to be really good, and then like right before the season, there's a bunch of injuries, and then it just depletes the depth. Well, you can't. You can't. Like, Am I, I know, not wrong? I know like, people are happened. gonna. I know people are gonna be ready to be upset because look, they didn't address the O line. Listen, they tried to bring Potassian, NFLer. He didn't make it. He didn't make it here. They had Tucker, who looked good early on. Jordan Tucker, he got hurt with a leg injury. Then they had Gerald Hawkins, who they penned in as the left tackle, and he was a quiet leader too on the practice field in the locker room. Went home for some personal problems and uh, personal family matters. They don't know if or when he's going to come back. So you can't really blame the regime. They tried to bring guys in. No, no, I, no I'm not. No, I'm, I know. I'm, I'm just I'm, saying, like, you know what I mean? It's just it's unfortunate because. This is a couple years now that this has been happening, you know. We go into the season with some pretty good-looking linemen, but then there's injuries. Why not just everything that you just said? So, so, Logan so, Bandy's another guy that's available. Uh, he's that's what I mean. Center, so, but. That's what I mean. But he could play, he could he play, could play. interior. Yep. So, so, so there's my question for you. So you've got Godber, you got Bandy, you got uh, your, your interior should be okay. So um, do you do you you got? Probably address Zach Fry. You got Zach Fry and you got Riley Schick on the practice roster as offensive lineman. Right. And, and, and so what do you got for Americans after that? You got you got Colin Kelly that can't play. 
you would have to dress Zach Fry. I think that's probably that's what you're going to have to do. Yeah, Zach Fry's so. the, Zach Fry's the next man up, and then you'll there's have nothing to, else that you can do. There's nothing you else you can do. There's nothing you else you can do. Tackle. Johnson has played tackle at times, so you could bounce Johnson out to tackle, and uh, and maybe depending how comfortable you are, you could juggle. You could juggle the the tackles if you run into injury problem. Let's knock on wood. We don't have an injury. Yeah. But if you get an injury on that offensive line, you're hooped. Like would, they are they are paper thin on the offensive line going into this I game. I would much rather them not like jumble it completely around. I would try to keep the guys in their spots and then just try to hope that the guy that they plug in at tackle performs well. So if Zach Fry, if he well, can, you can't put no. There's no way you can't put Fry at tackle. No, 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 no. no. I, I was just saying like it, you got to find a guy that can you know. If it's not on the practice roster, they obviously yeah. need to get going on it. Yeah, like look at the like. Uh, uh, unless I'm missing something here, I do not see like. Yeah, you got Bandy Kelly can't play. Evan Johnson, Logan Furland, Philip Blake's out. Eric Lofton, Peter Godber, and then you go to your practice roster. You're gonna. You're not gonna. No disrespect to Riley Schick, but I think you got to go with Zach Fry. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we yeah we've gone through every offensive lineman on the so, team. So, so this is where your veteran guy that gets the ball out of his hands quickly and can make decisions will will have to get it done. And you're going to have to rely on your defense and a special teams player two to win it. I think the Riders have the advantage on special teams. In fact, they have the yeah, decided do. advantage on special yeah. teams. And you also got to keep those running backs, you know, fresh. Frankie Hicks and Jamal Morrill, that's going to be a big part of the game, I feel like, well, tomorrow, and you get, or you, on Sunday. You get, the, you get them out in space, too. Swing it out to them. Let them catch and make a guy miss in space, yeah. especially on the zone like defense. I, I am worried a bit about the offense line, don't get me wrong, but I, I think I think it's not something to get too concerned about for a, a game or two. It's just something that I don't think is sustainable throughout the year. Just well, fingers my, crossed my that concern Gerald is, Hawkins can come back and these guys can come back. You just talked about it. You just talked about it. My concern is this, if they get an injury. That's what I'm... Like, the front five, I think we can be okay with our quarterback. If somebody gets hurt, look out. Big trouble. Um... We're going to continue breaking this one down. We'll get into the Winnipeg-Hamilton game tonight, too. Luke Mulder is going to join us in a little bit. We'll hear from Coach Craig Dickinson, Farhan Lalji, Roland Milligan, and more. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. 620 CKRM is proud to be the official radio partner of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and your home for the hottest sports talk anywhere. This is the Sports Cage with your host, Michael Ball. Here with former rider great Andy Fantu's joining us on the Western Pizza Hotline. This Friday show brought to you by Nelson Home, supplying home packages and RTMs for over 65 years. Andy, thanks for joining me. I appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. It's nice to be back in the season. Yeah, isn't it? Did you miss it as a player? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, of course. It's all it's a long off season. Like it actually is literally long, but uh but it also feels long uh especially um you know when if your team comes up short and you have high expectations for next year, which um you know the majority of teams do. So Yeah, for sure. Hey, could you uh could you lay some up for a couple plays if you had to? <laughs> Uh, I might have like two drives in me. <laughs> well, 
Hey, if it's two drives in the Grey Cup, take it, man. Take it. Uh, everybody still wears their 83 green and white jersey proudly around here. Of course, Sandy Fantu's doing his thing over there in Hamilton now. Uh, the Tiger Cats, Bo, Levi, Mitchell. Have you gotten used to watching number 19 in Tiger Cat colors yet? We get to see him on a national stage tonight, Friday Night Football. Yeah, I, I couldn't say I got used to it yet. Uh, you know, other than a few practices and um, two drives in the in the preseason game, there you, you don't get much of a look, but uh, you could immediately feel the impact he has. Um, you know, just as his allure, I guess, and his his leadership around the team, and uh, just sort of a different swag. So, um, yeah, I think it's I think it's going to be a positive change for for the Tiger Cats, and and they have a big challenge tonight going into. Um, you know, arguably the, the league favorite and the, and the Bombers. Yeah, and we'll get into that in a second. You talked about a quarterback swag. Uh, I'm seeing a little bit of that in kind of a different way with Trevor Harris. You've got Bo Levi Mitchell there. Can that swag really uh, affect the way a team uh, takes to the field and performs? I I think so, yeah. I, I think uh, getting Trevor Harris it, it would, would have an immediate positive impact because he's you know he he can be really really great and but his 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 basement isn't that low like you always know what you're going to get and it's always going to be a, a very elite quarterback above average um he certainly you know has his, his his great games and his mediocre games but his mediocre games aren't aren't losing you ball games and um i think that was an issue for the past couple seasons so i think i think having trevor there uh his leadership skills his you know what he's going to do in the community um within the team just bringing everyone together is is um is really great for the riders and and i'm pumped to see uh, how that translates into uh onto the field are you eager to see if there's still a lot of gas in the tank for bo levi mitchell for sure yeah yeah it's uh he you know he after after his injury kind of had a couple couple on and off years and um sometimes all you need is is a change of scenery a new opportunity uh new a new playbook coaching staff you know people around you and and to get rejuvenated and and it seems like that's what's happening um both in Hamilton and Saskatchewan so uh, you know I'm I'm excited to see what what he can do tonight and um the biggest problem that the Tiger Cats have had in the past like last year was was the turn turning the ball over and you, you know you'd hope his experience both can uh keep him fundamentally sound as far as as far as taking hits and 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 uh, pressure and not fumbling the ball but also not making um, poor decisions and, and unnecessary interceptions. Former rider great Andy Fantu's joining us here, helping us tee up the game tonight, Hamilton and Winnipeg. Uh, from what you've seen and what you've heard, how have uh, Bo and Duke Williams been in terms of their chemistry and on the same page? <laughs> well, I, I think I think Duke's been on and off the field battling some battling some minor nicks and knacks and uh i know the team wanted to get him prepped for for tonight so this is the first time we see him in the lineup but as far as practicing um you know you've seen some sparks of it for sure uh, but hard to really uh comment because hmm. um without that that live action you, you don't know what you're going to get when uh you know he's suiting up tonight and uh i know that in the past and as, as you well know he, he can be a big playmaker and um, something that something that every team can use. What about uh, other playmakers that we could watch tonight that Bo Levi Mitchell might hand the ball off to or uh, throw it to? 
Well, I think bringing in James Butler is is a, a big addition for the Tiger Cats. Um, one of the thousand yard rushers from last season can can kind of go up the middle and bounce it outside, and and also catches the ball well, can protect. He sort of has has it all, and uh, you know, I very West Cates esque in, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, that's a big addition, and and I think with the the situation of the offensive line in Hamilton, which is uh, I don't think there's been this much stability coming into a season as as I can remember in recent history. Um, three, or excuse me, four returning starters plus an addition of a, a former Tide Cat and, and longtime CFL player in, in Joel Figueroa. And um, I think that, you know, coming coming into the season with those guys, staying healthy through camp, uh, certainly allows the team to... Uh, rely on on the run game to set up the pass and also be able to open up the entire playbook, um, knowing that the guys up front aren't going to have any, shouldn't have any mental breakdowns. But <laughs> it's easy to say until you're going against uh, the uh, the boys in the blue from the Bombers uh, on the D-line there. So uh, I know uh, you're in a win-now business. doesn't matter what team you're in, what season it is, but uh, you guys have loaded up there in Hamilton, Bo Levi Mitchell, Duke Williams, Butler, others, uh, and you're hosting the Grey Cup again. Um, it is win or bust, isn't it? you got to win this thing. I think so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's it, they've gone all in for this year. A uh, few huge uh, off-season acquisition. You mentioned Bo and Butler, uh, Duke, and and then you look at the likes of Jameer Thurman mm-hmm. and Chris Edwards and, uh, you, you know, back Jaguar Davis coming back, uh, Casey Sales coming over. Uh, lots lots of uh, hype around this team. And, you know, other than last year, having a few years of just coming short a little bit, and 2019-2021, uh, certainly a lot of thirst for it in this area. And um, I know ownership all the way down to uh, whoever's cleaning up the stadium post-game <laughs> is, is really uh, invested in what's going to happen this year. Hey, you know what? You guys got Jagera Davis. That should be enough to end the drought. He plays in the Grey Cup every year. Just look at his resume. He, isn't that crazy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I was talking to him earlier in the training camp, and, and he's like, all that matters is the championship this year. So... Um, yeah, it seems it seems like that message is pretty ingrained in all the players and, and organization right now. Man, thanks for your time. I always appreciate talking to you, and uh, have a good broadcast today. Okay, thanks. My pleasure, Baldy. Thanks for having me on. And now for the Cage Clutch Performer on six twenty CKRM. Forsley finds Bennett. Bennett cross ice shots. And Carter Verhage keeps the Florida Panthers alive in the series with a big overtime goal yesterday in Game 3 of the Stanley Cup Final. Nice comeback there from the Florida Panthers. So we got ourselves a series once again. Carter Verhage, your sports cage clutch performer for Nick Service in Emerald Park. Your local Massey Ferguson, Challenger, Rogator, Gleaner, and Fent Dealer. Give them a call at 781-1077. Nobody covers your team like our team. This is the Sports Cage on the Mighty 620 CKRM. 
All right, let's get after it. Sports Cage 936-6262 is our text line. We'll get to them in a second. How about the Florida Panthers? They came back. Matthew Kachuk got knocked out of the game, came back, and I don't like Matthew Kachuk, but it's been a great playoff I for like him. I like him. Yeah, I don't like no, him. I like that guy. Anyway, he scores the goal to tie it, and then Carter Verhages, you had him there for Nick Service, our clutch performer, and they make a series of it. Tonight, is the NBA final tonight? Yep. It is? Okay, so it's Denver again. You, you know, I like the good old days when he played Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. There was none of this Tuesday, Saturday stuff. You know yeah, what I mean? The, uh, game four's tonight, and then there's nothing this weekend. They're back at it on Monday in the Denver's going to win in five. Denver wins tonight, and they win. A, I said Denver in five at the start of the series. I think Miami's winning tonight. Okay. Well, you know NBA better than me. Not really. Uh, Blue Jays take on the Minnesota Twins tonight. Uh, they've won nine of their last 11. And how about this singer? Corey Connors is in the clubhouse at the Oakdale Golf and Country Club, and he is one shot back of the Chinese golfer Carl Yuang. Holy smokes, look at mi- that. Minus eight. He's eight he sh- under. He shot a uh, 69 today. Minus three on the round, minus eight for the tourney. Tied for second with C.T. Pan. C.T. Pan. Well, he has a chance. It's he has a chance at this Adam thing. Adwin's even at minus five, so that's cool. Yeah. Uh, all right, so let's get to some of these texts at 936-6262, powered by our friends the Capital Auto Group. Uh, Brad and PA, not too optimistic. Ryder, win prediction, 5-13. and 13. This Ooh. is uh, just an anonymous texter. Now, listen. It might be your opinion. I just don't want to um, be the guy that's swaying the opinion, but I have to call it like I see it. I'm a little concerned about the offensive line, okay? And so uh, I just don't want to see him get any injuries. They could be in a world of hurt against Edmonton. And, you know, there's be a bunch of exotic looks from Chris Jones, right? Uh, this is from anonymous texter, 936-6262. The O-line will be terrible once again. Come on. It wasn't all the O-line's fault last year. And then this one, hey, is uh, Noah Zer still available? I looked. He is out there. Former Husky. Draft pick of the BC Lions was let go. He's not on their practice roster. Uh, he that was would, surprising. He yeah. wouldn't help us this week. But um, I'm sure if, if it's warranted, Jeremy O'Day and Kyle Carson will, will or would reach out to him. Now, speaking of that, let us hear from Coach Craig Degginson. And he starts by talking about... The offensive line game plan. We still haven't decided. You're going to have to wait a little longer on that. Let's fill it like out here today. No answer on that. <laughs> uh, Gerald Hawkins, is he coming back? Has yeah, there a yeah. We, uh, like I said, he's got a um, family issue that, you know, we're all uh, in support of him taking care of, and he's going to be back as soon as he can. We don't know when that will be, but... Um, Certainly hope it's soon because we're we're uh, we really like the guy and we really feel like he's fit in well with this team. So he has indicated he is going to come yep. back because yep. Jeremy Jeremy tossed an if in there and when you hear an if it always yeah starts. no I think he's coming back it's just a matter of when. What uh, what type of role do you think Jackson Ford's going to play on? He's going to he's got to do a lot, Rob. He's going to have to be a, a core four special teamer for us and then he's also going to have to give us great depth and. And, and flexibility at the free safety position. So he's going to be a busy guy. What do you say to a player? What advice do you give to a player who's preparing for his first game? One play at a time. You know, don't don't make it bigger than it is, but take it seriously. But um, play as hard as you can, but have a short memory because they're going to make mistakes. And try to try to play it one play at a time and stay in the moment. 
How's practice been this week ahead of the first game? It's been good, yeah. Today was good also. Uh, we got a little more reps than normal for a, a work week, so we'll have to look at that, but I'm definitely pleased with the way we practice this week. How excited are you to see this first team offense for more than just yeah. four passes Yeah, this I'm week? excited. The first game is always fun because you know, you're almost like the fans in some ways. You, you want to see what your guys can do. I have a pretty good idea of what we can do, but until we actually do it against another team's starters, we don't know for sure. But I'm very optimistic and very excited to get the season started. Are you excited for the fact that Walker gets to play his former team first game of the year? Yeah, yeah, I am happy for, for Durrell. And Durrell's steadily gotten better every day at practice. I know he's really excited to get out there, and yeah, we're happy to have him. We've only seen fragments of him this year due to the inter-squad game being shortened and the, the four completions against Winnipeg, but he's been such a prominent part of those of that fragment. Yeah. What have, how have you liked what you've seen in those little short mm -hmm. bursts? When he's had the opportunity to make a play, he's made them. So I think his catch percentage is really high right now if you did the analytics on it. And I just think he's going to get better and better. He's getting more comfortable in the system. He's getting more comfortable with Trevor Harris. I think Darrell's he's he's primed to have a good year. What has made him such a productive player for such a long time? Just he's just a, a worker. I mean that's the bottom line. The difference between being a, an elite player and just being okay is work ethic, because they all have talent. And and I think his work ethic is outstanding. And I think that's been the difference in in what you're seeing from him. He's just brought a lot of work ethic and a lot of grind to the table. Craig, can you explain the nationalized American rule? No, I cannot. <laughs> <laughs> but we have a plan. But it's uh, it's hard to explain. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Can, can you explain it in the fact that we saw what BC and Calgary did? Kadeem Carey listed as the backup. Yeah, and was, like, what's tough. going yeah. on? Uh, I think, I think um, the, the, the motives behind the rule are in the right place. We just got to figure out the logistics of it. I think it'll be fine. Do you, do you think there's pressure on this team or, or added pressure from past years? I think there's always pressure on the riders, and I think there's pressure on everybody in pro football. But I think specifically this team, because the fan base is so passionate, I think football matters so much to these folks that I think there is a little added pressure. But with with that, is it's it comes a it's a privilege in a lot of ways. I say to the guys, it's nice to have people expect big things from you because it means they think you're capable of that. So there is pressure on this team, but we welcome it. Tell you what, man, it's the biggest game the Rough Riders have had for a season opening game for a long time. I don't know. I'm trying to, like, I brought up the different scenarios. 13, when we were hosting the Grey Cup, um, coming off that playoff loss in Calgary, uh, 2010 after the 2009 game. Um, was that Darian Durant one in Montreal, season opening one? Where we played against Darian Durant? I believe it I was. I it was, yep. I believe it was. That Canada Day game was your chicken game, right? Yeah, that was my chicken yeah, was, game. Yeah, yeah well, I talked about yeah. that with Blaine. That was my chicken game. I ate chicken, didn't get to watch it. Uh, we the got... thing that makes us better, though, on Sunday, it's, it's a big game, not only for us, but like the, no one, no Elks fans have seen their team win at Commonwealth since their name change. Since they're the Elks. So in franchise history, they've <laughs> yeah. never won. Can you we can that? say that. They've never won in franchise history at Commonwealth Stadium. Yeah, and I know Darrell Walker, he's excited to play on his old style. Oh, he is. Absolutely. He said, he said this week that he loves uh, he loves the surface there. So How embarrassing is it that a professional football coach, and this is not a shot of Craig Dickinson, 
because Mike O'Shea, Dave Dickinson, they've all been asked. How is it embarrassing is it that a professional football coach is asked about a rule to do with the roster and he can't answer it? Hmm. Yeah, like you said, it's not their fault. It's uh, somebody else's fault. That is embarrassing. That is, but that at is the same embarrassing. time, the, the, the CFLPA approved this thing. Well, this is what, this is what hung them up for the strike, though. Yeah. That, when went last year, this is what kind of hung everything up when we were striking. I guess this going into training camp, and we're like, okay, whatever. Well, let's well play they some just football. we'll sign, we'll sign, we'll we'll sign the deal, and we'll deal with it the following year because last year we didn't have to deal yeah, with it's it. Not, so it's not going to last. I, I don't think so either. Okay, uh, but before we take a break, I got this text from the dean. The dean would be. Uh, our buddy Keith Willoughby, who is the dean of the Edwards School of Business in Saskatoon, and he sends this. He listening to the show. Further evidence of the media's um, preponderance to thumb their noses at the CFL. From 1974 to 2019, inclusive, 46 straight seasons. Sounds like a dean type to something. Mm, so I'm, I'm listening. The, the CFL featured more average scoring per game than the NFL. In fact, in 1991, the CFL outscored the NFL by a whopping 26 points per game. But in 2021, the NFL's average scoring topped the CFL's average. Media pundits and fans decried this turn of events. Oh, woe to the CFL, they claimed. Yet everyone conveniently forgot about the 46 previous seasons. Thanks for allowing me to text vent and rant yeah absolutely Keith those are well typed out words I've said it before it is it's true man it's the only group of athletes the Canadian athletes and then by extension the Canadian Football League where we automatically default to the negative can't wait for the big game tonight Hamilton and Winnipeg yeah we're going to talk more about that and other things coming up on the sports cage still taking your text 936-6262 here on 620 CKRM Alright, 432 with your sports ticker and it is brought to you by Bronco Plumbing and Heating where professional service is guaranteed they will treat you right just give them a call at 781 2090 Friday night football tonight. Oh, come on, Let's Paul. Let's do it together. Let's do it together. Friday night football tonight. Hamilton Tiger Cats, Winnipeg Blue Bombers, a rematch of the Grey Cup from two years ago. And, uh, excuse me, I'm getting excited here. Paul yeah. Levi Mitchell, his first game in Hamilton Tiger Cat colors tonight in Winnipeg, taking on Zach Kolaris. So that is a 6.30 p.m. kickoff Saskatchewan time. This is going to be a good one to watch. Hopefully the Hamilton Tiger Cats can stomp all over. Stomp all over those Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Ballsy, I'm excited. The oh, Toronto Blue Jays are back at it tonight. They're taking on the Minnesota Twins. The Jays with a nice series win over the Houston Astros the last couple days here. You say Kikuchi on the hill tonight for the Bluebirds. The Sports Cage is your voice for football, not only in the province, but around Canada. This is the Sports Cage CFL Report, a look at what's happening in our three-down game. Today's CFL Report brought to you by Kevin's Marine in Fort Coppell. Make the most of summer with a boat or pontoon from Kevin's Marine. Check them out online at kevinsmarine.com or in person in Fort Coppell. Last night in the CFL, Dominique Rimes had two touchdown grabs in the first half. 
And Vernon Adams finished the night 27 of 35 for 270 yards, two touchdowns, one interception, and 35 rushing yards as the BC Lions with a season opening 25-15 win over the Calgary Stampeders. A sparse 18,000 plus took in the game on a sunny night at McMahon Stadium. I'm assuming a lot of people are staying away because it's an archaic stadium and nobody wants to sit on a bench with no back to watch CFL football. At least I'm hoping that's the case. Tonight, it's Friday Night Football. Bo Levi Mitchell makes his debut with the Tabbies. The Tiger Cats are in Winnipeg to take on Zach Kalaros and that veteran-laden Blue Bombers team. Of course, our broadcast of Rough Riders football goes down 2 o'clock on Sunday right here on 620 CKRM. Kickoff just after 5, Commonwealth Stadium. Guaranteed win night for the Elks. They haven't won there as the Elks. That's right, last home win was in October of 2019. Of course, we had a break with COVID as well. This has been your CFL Report. Where Saskatchewan sports fans come to talk. This is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Yes, Friday night football here on the prairies. It's in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Probably the second best fan base in the CFL. They could tell you they're the loudest fans. They can tell you they're the best fans. Yeah, whenever that, whenever you have to like advertise that you're something, you're like, not. You're probably not. you're not. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So but, no, number one, or it says loudest fan, la- loudest fans in the Canadian Football League along the sideline. There, every time I watch a game in Winnipeg, I just think to myself, you know, we've never done that here in Regina. You know, advertise that we're the loudest fans. It's just natural. We are the loudest fans. Tell you what, though, man, it's a big insecurity. Is what well, it is. I'll tell you what, though, we. Uh, Coach was mentioning something about the fan base, and he was saying how, like, you know, it's always important in Saskatchewan to tell, you know, you're under a microscope, which you are, and it's very true. Um, but I really want my fans to be either, like, I want them to be passionate, good or bad. You don't want them indifferent. We're not quite at the indifferent stage yet, uh, we, but we do need to win this game. Like, mm. we, it's not the, if we don't win, it's not the end of the world. I don't want to paint it as that, but. We do want to sell more tickets for that dad's night out. We want to have a great, great um, home opener. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you, those are the like the three games you go to every year. If you can have enough money and, and afford it in your budget, home opener, Labor Day, home playoff game. Those mm-hmm. are the three you have to get. You have to be at those if you if you want to soak in what a what a live Canadian football league game is. And what better game to go to than the Riders and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers? But let's be honest, and, and it sets up. I don't want to be over dramatic, but you got the Riders. Like Zinger, I don't think I'm wrong when I say this. 
you got two one and two teams that are desperate to be one and Like they desperately want to start one and zero. Edmonton hasn't won since Warren Moon was a rookie in Edmonton, <laughs> and it seems like. And the Riders and they've think about it. They got over thirty thousand expected at this game. How do you get people to come back to your game? Two ways: you show them a good time and a win. Mm-hmm. Winning cures all ills. And and you can't tell me Chris Jones isn't under a lot of or a little bit of heat at least there. Well, he has to be after the record last year he put together. By the way, Edmonton's a doing a great season. Edmonton, I still think they're going to finish dead last, but I, I do I do too. But I I think Victor Quee's done a good job. Uh, those mean tweets, getting Chris Jones to read those mean tweets in their social media, that was <laughs> yeah, pretty funny. Like that. that was pretty funny. Um, the Riders have stepped up their social media game, BC Lines. A lot of teams doing some good things. Uh, speaking of that, I thought TSN did a great job with the uh, the um, ambient sound. Not you know the sound other than the uh, the announcer sounds of the game. They didn't drown out the announcers, and they had some good overshot. Uh, over drone over the cameras. St- drone cameras or whatever, uh, uh, you know, shots of the short yardage, shots panning over top of the crowd, even though it was sparse. Thought it was a really good job there by TSN that way. I'd like them to clean up their, if I can be so uh, bold to say, love what Matt Dunnigan's doing. The rest of them are trying too hard to be like the TNT basketball uh, panel. They need to do a little bit better job of that. Thought Rod and Glenn did a pretty professional job. All in all, just great to watch CFL football. We got Friday night football. Who's calling tonight. the game tonight? You think? Um, Dustin Nielsen, I would believe. Yeah. And I don't know who the well Dwayne Ford wouldn't. Yeah, I would probably. Or Marshall yeah. Ferguson. No, Marshall Ferguson. Marshall's could call. a play by play. He could call. I have no yeah. idea. I have no idea, but uh, it's going to be a fun one. There's okay, a lot, so there's a lot to watch. Today. There is. It's so exciting. let's so let's talk. Yeah. So what else is up? There's the NBA championship. There is the Blue Jays taking on the Minnesota Twins. Mm-hmm. Um, we just wrapped up round two of the RBC Canadian Open. Uh, Corey Connors is sitting nicely in second, one shot back, minus eight. Um, but let's be honest here. If I have a chance to watch NBA basketball or the CFL, the CFL is winning every time. Oh, yeah. It's on the back burner for me. I'm going to be switching uh, back and forth here in studio between the Blue Jays and the CFL. Game. And I sure love, Zinger, the fact that at least in the first, I didn't look next week, but this week, every game is on a different night. Like, we don't have two on Thursday and two on Friday. We got one, 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 one. So they all be. get highlighted. Yep. Absolutely. Let's own the summer till the NFL gets started. Let's do that. Anyway. I don't like the Thursday night games. I'm yeah. not going to lie. Not going to lie. Maybe, maybe uh, a doboheader on Friday. No, actually, Saturday. Uh, Saturday. Uh, yeah. yeah, that I think would be Saturday would be ratings. a better doubleheader. Yep. Okay, so let's get to uh, the odds here. What's the odds for tonight? What are we Hamilton at is Hamilton uh, four and a half point dogs on the road. I'm taking Hamilton to win outright. Yeah, I think I think Hamilton's going to win tonight. I think and it's, it's not just because I hate Winnipeg. Uh, I I'm interested to see though. So let's go with this. Uh, so, do you think they went out right, Hamilton? Yeah, that, yeah, I'm I do. for sure taking the points. Over under is 47. So just think about that for a minute. You're looking at a 27 23 game. You're over. I think it's over tonight. I think it's going to be under. Under. Yeah, for some. Well, for some reason, what was it? I'm 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 going by maybe last year. I think these two uh, two teams played the season opener last year, wasn't it? Uh, the the season coming off of the Great Cup year when they played each other. Yeah. It was like a 19 to 10 game or something like. that. 
like that. Now, I, might I give, know it's a new year, but you I know. might give it to you because Bo Levi Mitchell is really getting his first meaningful snaps with a new team and with a new offensive coordinator and a new system. So you, you could at, be right. You look at yeah, I know every game's different, but you look at yesterday's game, like twenty five fifteen. I mean, it was close to being was, close to the score. Yeah. It was forty seven. I'm going to go forty points. So you're going under. I'm going over. Um, Let's look at some of the individual stuff we've got going on here. Player passing. Let's do that. Zach Kalaros, over or under 260.5? Oh, that's a tough one. Uh, mm, I, I, pro, I always lean towards the under for some reason. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to go under. How about... Uh, how about uh, Bo Levi Mitchell Let's over under 258.5? I think under. Yeah, I'm going to go under on both, just like I did yesterday for yesterday's game. I think I got one right, one wrong yesterday. Okay. So. Okay. Uh, to throw an interception, um, you think uh, it's plus 103 for no for Zach Kalaros versus minus 125 for yes. Does Zach throw a pick? Uh, no, I don't. I don't see Zach throwing a pick, but I do see Bo, Le- okay. Bo Levi. He's Bo Levi is going to be throwing a couple picks today, and everyone's going to be all up in arms, thinking, "Oh my God, the season's over. What did we do inside of this guy?" Watch, he's going to struggle out of the gate coming up here uh, tonight, okay. and he's going to cool down. But it's and he's okay. Wait a minute. Back. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm you're, just telling you the way it's going to yeah, be. Yeah. Okay. But you're you're not really thinking about this then. Okay. So so here you go there, Nostradamus, Nostradamus. Yep. You tell me how they're going to win if Bo Levi Mitchell struggles and throws two picks. How are they going to cover the four and a half point spread? I got Bo playing lights out tonight. That's Efficient why, and hey, effective. That's why they play four quarters. If you were to listen to me just now, I was saying to start the game, you know, the first couple drives, maybe the first quarter, he's going to be struggling. But Hamilton's uh, defense are going to hold Winnipeg to a couple field okay. goals. Believe me, I've already seen the game played. I, I'm, I, okay. I know this. Okay, so let me let me ask you this then. Dakeel Williams, Duke Williams, uh, over under 58.5 yards receiving. I'm going to go over. I think so, too. He's going to have a big one down the field, a big one, a big streak down the sidelines. He's going to catch it. He's going to take it to the house. I do th- I do think he's going to okay. get a touchdown tonight, and he's going to be over that. Yep. The rookie phenom last year, Dalton Schoen, who replaced Kenny Lawler. Lawler's back, but not for the first four games. He's not back. Uh, over under 71 and a half yards. Oh, big time over. Believe me, he's going to be getting at least wow. 100 yards tonight. Wow. Yep. How about uh, Nick Dembski, our friend Nick Dembski, over under 63 yards receiving? Uh, I'm going to go under on that one, Nick Dembski. Um, yeah. He's going to be finishing about 40, 50 yards. Tim you know. White, a deep threat for the uh, Hamilton Tiger Cats, over under 73 and a half. Uh, I'm going to go under, just shy. Okay, yeah. and Drew Wolertarski, the, the the reliable receiver, over. Uh, he's the security blanket, over under 40 and a half yards. I'm over. Think so? Yep. I think he's under. I'm going to go under with that one. And let's do one more little prop bet here. How about uh, anytime touchdown? Who's more likely to get a touchdown? I'll just go with that. I'm not going to go odds. Who's more likely to get a touchdown? Nick Dembski or Brady Oliveira? Two Winnipeg boys. Uh, I'm going to say Nick Dembski. James Butler or Tim White? James Butler's the running back yeah. that came over from oh, BC. Oh, I know, I know James. I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with both receivers in this case. Tim White. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, who's more likely to uh, get a touchdown? Well, I think you already answered. Dakeel Williams, Duke Williams, or Dalton Schoen? Uh Dalton. 
Okay. Yeah. And give me your score in tonight's football game. Tonight's final score, it's going to be the Hamilton Tiger Cats, uh, 27, and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, 13. 28-6, 28-26, Hamilton. 28-26. Well, yeah. that's a close 28-26, Hamilton. Winnipeg missing a field goal uh, last second to Sergio win Sergio Castillo wouldn't that be something? Yeah, maybe, maybe hit off the upright or something like that. God gets blocked like at the end of the Grey Cup. Yeah, Only it wasn't imagine? Sergio. Yeah. Yeah, Hamilton blocks it. That'd be awesome. Now, that would be now awesome. We have something now we're here. cooking. Now the stove is on. <laughs> we're going <laughs> to. Took so long. <laughs> we got to go to break. Our hands are so hot. <laughs> Our house is your house. Welcome inside the sports cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. All right. So um, did you send me that text, Zinger? Zinger uh, sent me a text. Yeah, actually, I got a couple of texts. All right. uh, When you text, please leave your name so we can address you. No, no. Hey, I don't think the Winnipeg Blue Bombers will be the same. They can't keep bringing back the same guys. Father time is coming. It is. Will it come? It might not come this week. It could come by the end of the year. I agree. What if it does come this week? Wouldn't that be something? I hope it does come this week. I hope it comes. I mean, I don't wish... Listen, I just don't want the Winnipeg Blue Bombers to be good. That's all. However if, it shakes down, it shakes down. What if they take the field it. tonight and they have gray hairs hanging off their face? They're old. You know? <laughs> and that's what it. I, that's it, eh? Well, you never know. I mean, you got to give a tip of a cap to Stanley Bryant, though. Like, oh, yeah. The, that yeah, dude yeah. is unreal. Oh, At yeah. that age. Hey, the, the, 37. I respect, I respect them. I respect the, the players. Uh, yeah. I'm not, that's not what I'm saying. All I'm saying is, you know... Hey, you can't keep on doing this forever now. This, this might be the year. This is uh, another text I got from Reed Peterson. You know Reed Peterson? Good guy in town here. Yeah, hi, hi, Reed. He said he's been enjoying our game broadcasts. He said, not that you're soliciting uh, random feedback, but uh, you sound way calmer and more relaxed. I, I did... Believe it or not, I do. I consider myself a professional, even though a lot of people don't. I do actually what I like to do in the games, and I get on the plane, put my earphones in, and listen just to see because it's fresh in your mind, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you listen to a game from July, you're like, well, it didn't sound bad. But then if you're in the moment, you know that you screwed up here or should have done something better there. I did recognize that. I was uh, so excited to do it last year, and I was a fan, and it really truly is the job I've always wanted that I, I did go a little bit over the top. I recognize that. I am not changing the touchdown Saskatchewan call. That is polarizing. You either like it or you don't like it. That, and I found that from fans. Some people have said, I love your call of the game, but I don't like that. That's nails on a chalkboard. Other people text and say they love it. Everybody has said touchdown riders. Every single guy that's done this job has said touchdown rough riders. I went a different way. And why wouldn't why wouldn't you want to say touchdown Saskatchewan when, you know, it's our team. It's the provincial team. Don't you want, you know, our province being, you know, told on the radio? Here, I don't know where I'm going with no, this. No, 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 no. It's our, pro, it's our province, right? It's, I'm just trying to find it here. I'm trying to find uh, this call. I'll find it for you in the break, and I'll tell you where... Listen, I kind of took it off of a legend in the NFL and made it my kind of made it my own. Okay, so we'll get to that on the other side. Is it a guy that we might know um, around here? Have we had him on the no, airwaves? No, we've never had this guy on the airwaves. Okay. We've never had this guy on the airwaves. All right. But oddly enough, he. I'll, I'll play the audio for you on the other side, okay? We'll get to that in okay. a second. Um, 
But the injury report is out for the Rough Riders, and the big story is no Braden Lenius, lower back. Jawan Breskison may be able to... I don't know. We haven't seen a depth chart. I don't know how it's going to go, but Jawan Breskison is a guy that did practice fully but limited because of his shoulder. I don't know if he'll play or not. Um, but the key is Philip Blake is not playing. The guy they brought over is the Swiss Army Knife. They probably were looking at bouncing Blake out at left tackle for this game. Um, because enforcements are coming. Colin Kelly, the former Tiger Cat and the former XFL guy, is suspended two games because of substance abuse under the CFLPA and CFL rules. So he won't be here till the Calgary game, which is week number three in Calgary. And you just heard from Coach Craig Dickett that they are planning on Gerald Hawkins coming back, a guy they penned in for the left tackle spot before he had some personal problems to take care of or family problems to take care of in the States. And that speaks to the character of the organization. They're all behind him in a family type of unit. It's kind of like when you're on the air here. If you're not of sound mind on the air and you're rattled, you could have a really crappy show. Media is a lot like pro sports. It really is. That's why I draw a lot of comparisons. So, like, nobody cares if Michael Ball and his girlfriend are fighting or things aren't going well in his personal life. When the mic goes on, I just want you to call the touchdowns, tell me the rider information. I don't really care, right? Mm-hmm. Same thing with football. I don't care that your kid's not sleeping, Trevor Harris, and you have a new baby. Just throw me some touchdowns. We want to win. I'm a rider fan. and so. But I like the fact behind the scenes they're all supporting each other, so they're expecting Hawkins to come back. But we got to tread water for this week and next week maybe. Mm-hmm. So hopefully those guys can get through it. I, I, I don't know him enough not to have confidence in the offensive line, Zinger, mm-hmm. so I can't just bash them. My concern is if they get into injuries, and you know this team has been plagued by injuries, and you know that the offensive line and the defensive line is a car crash on every play. Yeah, I, On every play, it's a collision. I, I trust that uh, you know the team... Uh, has a plan, obviously. They have a plan going into week mm. one. If there is an injury or two, you you have to have some sort of plan, right? So, yes, it is worrisome, but just know at the same time, you know, th- these guys aren't stupid. They're, they have a plan, and whether that plan is going to be good enough or not, well, time will tell. But it's not like they're going in there not knowing what they're doing, at least... Yeah, if a guy goes down, there is going to be uh, some whether that's shuffling, you know, Evan Johnson out to left tackle or moving this guy here. Like, it's it's the worst case scenario, but it's not the end of the world. We can get through a game or two by by you know shuffling around a bit. No, it was a closed practice today. I did see Derek Moncrief dressed. He was uh, smiling, walking off the field, but he is still not recovered from that offseason shoulder surgery to the point where they feel comfortable enough putting him in the game. And I had said that. He wasn't playing all along week one. I'll be... I don't know if he'll even play next week. I I pegged him for week three. That's just my own personal opinion. I have no... Uh, inside information on that. Well, yeah, Notice it, the coach has been very tight-lipped this year. He has been, He's not huh? saying much. Yeah, I've noticed He's this. learned that. Yeah, I've noticed this. And I think not until Derek Moncrief strings together a couple solid weeks of practice, I don't think until that point comes, he, he's not going to be in the lineup. Good point. Hey, when we come back, lots to go here on the sports cage for Nelson Holmes, supplying home packages and RTMs for over 65 years. I think we're both in agreement. This is one of our favorite football players on the Rough Riders. His his name is Roland Milligan. It's coming up next on the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Sports Talk lives here. Welcome to another hour of the Sports Cage with your host, Michael Ball. 
show is brought to you by Nelson Home, supplying home packages and RTMs for over 65 years. All our texts brought to you by the Capital Auto Group at 936-6262. And all our guests on the hotline, it's brought to you by Western Pizza. Check your local Western Pizza location for their dine-in and takeout specials. All right, so talking about before the break, where did you get your, like, how did you come up with that call? It, they either like the touchdown Saskatchewan or they find it grading on them, okay? And listen, I got news for you. There's not much left in the world that isn't stolen or you take it off of somebody. I, Especially in this business, I always lean to just don't do it in your own market, okay? Mm-hmm. So don't steal off your own market or maybe in your own league. Now, this guy, Greg Papa, used to be the play-by-play man for the Oakland slash Los Angeles Raiders, okay? I, I, I think I got the Raider one here first, Singer. So this is what he used to do, okay? Here we yeah, go. Let's go. So he could have said, let's like me, touchdown riders. But everybody's done touchdown riders, right? So Greg Papa got released by the Raiders before they went to Las Vegas. He was picked up by the San Francisco 49ers. He also calls Golden State Warriors basketball, if I'm not mistaken. So here, just a great announcer. I don't Mm -hmm. compare to him, in my opinion, but I did. This is where I got the touchdown Saskatchewan off of. Listen, here we go. Ayuk right, they motion McCaffrey, backwards pass to McCaffrey, and he's going to throw downfield, wide open, Brandon Ayuk, touchdown, San Francisco! Yeah, so there that's where I got it from. That's what I touched down Saskatchewan. So yes, I'm gonna I'm modified a bit. I gotta I gotta make sure I don't go out of my boots when I'm in the booth. But uh, no, I I, I that's not going away anyway. I noticed in the preseason the they were pretty minty. You know, they well, I, know. Pretty minty. I mean, I'm not looking for a back slap, but I, I did get a text from well, Reed. Getting one. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Well, you're a connoisseur of this stuff. Yeah. You are. Anyway, let's get to the guy who I think we both are in love with. This guy's a great football player. Yeah, he is. Former no. Indianapolis Colt. Yeah, and he is a number zero on the jersey, number one in your program, in your heart, I mean. That would be Roland Milligan. Riders defensive back Roland Milligan into your second full year now, uh, kicking it off. I know you played in the playoffs the first time you got here. So, how's it feeling? so far it's been pretty good it was good getting back you know being around all the guys and uh just getting back to work preparing to play yeah you got a little bit of playing time last game the rust is banged off uh, just uh, your thoughts on going into edmonton in a in a pretty uh important game for both teams to kick the season off the next game is always the most important so you know we're just focusing trying to come in prepare every morning pre-practice, post-practice, you know, just mm. putting the work to go mm. get ready to get a win. I love your versatility, not only in the secondary, but on special teams. Just talk about going up against the Edmonton Elks in terms of their receiving core and what kind of uh, problems or challenges they might pose. They got a lot of different guys that, yeah. that make plays, you know. Um, you know, 87, yeah. 7, 3. Yeah. You know, they got a lot of guys over there. So, you know, we've been, uh, been studying them, you know, the type of routes they like to run, the type of plays that they make. You know, trying to find weaknesses in their game and trying to take advantage of those weaknesses. So, uh, Roland, what does the 87 Geno Lewis, what kind of problems does he pose? We know he's a great player. That's no secret. But looking through your eyes, the veteran defensive back, what kind of problems does he pose? Uh, he sticks out on film just going up and getting the ball. Hmm. That was one thing, you know, playing against him last year when he was in Montreal. You know, early early in the game, you know, just throwing the ball up, he going and grabbing it. So uh, he got strong hands. He's a long guy. can run good routes. Yeah. 
You mentioned seven. That's Stephen Dunbar Jr. coming over from Hamilton. What do you see in his game, uh, Roland? Same type of thing. You know, yeah. he's a taller receiver. You know, he can run. He can go up and get the ball. Got strong hands, real good uh, catch radius. You know, uh, good concentration, bringing in tough catches. And 17's a guy that came on the scene last year, Dylan Mitchell. He can pose a bit of a problem, too, at times. Yeah, he, uh, he took the top off on us uh, <laughs> when we played him here last year. So, um, you know, like I said, they got a deep receiving core. He's he's just one of the one of the guys that can make plays for him. So what's going to be a key for you guys in the secondary to limit uh, big plays uh, against them? Uh, we got to be technically sound, you know. Fundamentals always are important, you know, every single play, you know, and then being able to get a line and, um, you know, being physical with them too, you know. We can't just let them run routes on there. We got to get hands on them and, you know, just play our technique well. You're obviously really comfortable in our Canadian game now. What what have you worked on this year, uh, your second full season that you feel comfortable in right now? Uh, a little bit of everything, really, you know. Um, I really tried to take my mental game to the next level, you know, uh, bringing a lot of the things that I see on film, trying to, mm -hmm. to see it happen in the game, you know, and and notice it so I can help myself make more plays. And then, um, you know, like I said, fundamentals and technique, just my footwork, my eye progression, things like that. You know, you mentioned that. I was going to bring that up. It's when you're in it now and you get the game, you can just go out there and not think as much, right, and just let the body react. Yeah, for sure. You know, and that's what that year last year was my, my first full year. You know, yeah. I was still getting used to the game. I'm still getting used to it right now, but, you know, I'm more comfortable with it, you know, so it's not – as frantic, everything kind of slowed down for me even more, and um, I'm just pretty confident with how I feel. You know, uh, I think quarterback's the hardest position in football, but if we're talking in professional football, outside of quarterback, that halfback in the CFL is a tough job. It, I mean, DB period in the CFL, you know, offenses do a good job of isolating DBs, you know, it's a lot of field, so getting a guy one-on-one -on -one with that much space, you know, it's, t it's tough, especially against good receivers that we play against, so you know, it's heavy hat for everybody. How much do you uh, relish being isolated, one-on-one, -on -one, me and you, uh, zero against whoever you're lined up against, 87, 7, 17, whoever it is? I'm always confident in myself, you know. I know those guys, you know, they get paid. They're good receivers too, but, you know, I'm always confident in my game and my preparation. You mentioned mental. You mentioned confidence. you gotta, you got to have that quick memory as a defensive back. you got to flush it out, right, Get whether it's a good play or a bad play. Is that something you've kind of grown into or is that something you've always had? I've always been taught that, you know, once I started playing DB, you always got to have a short memory. Everybody going to get a ball caught on them. Everybody gives up touchdowns, you know, it's just a part of the game. Like I said, it's good guys on offense just like it's good guys on defense. So they're going to make some of their plays, but you can't let that linger and hang on you for the rest of the game and cause you to have a bad game. You got to be able to bounce back. So, Roland, does your mentality and how you approach the game change with a, a new uh, safety back there? I know you can rotate guys and move them around, but, you know, you got Dolky or, or Lacombo or whoever's back there. It's not Edom this year. Uh, Not really. I mean, you know, Mike, he played for a while, so, you know, he was a lot more comfortable than those guys, but they've been doing a great job. You know, they had full years last year, so now they're more comfortable and more confident in what they're doing, but Either way it goes, you know, next man up, you got to be able to come in and bring the same type of game that he brought, you know, even better this year. You know, we as a secondary weren't good enough last year, so we're trying to be better than we were. Two more quick questions for you. Taylor Cornelius, big number 15, their quarterback. He can uh, he, he can make all the throws. He can stretch the field with his arm. Yeah, he, he's the uh, he's a well-rounded guy. You know, even last year when we played him, he was making throws, but he was using his feet too. You know, he had a, a few big runs against us in multiple games, so we got to make sure that we keep them in the pocket and then that we're sticky to receivers so, you know, we make those tougher uh, throws and catches. This defense was cooking early in the year and then the D-line got uh, injured and there was little interior issues there, some changes, and, and the best friend of a secondary is a pass, a pass rush. What are you seeing from your uh, front guys up there? 
they're doing well right now. Uh, I'm excited to see them, you know, really get after it. And, um, you know, last year, even, you know, it doesn't matter who's out there. You know, we expect the same from all those guys, you know, and they've been doing good jobs. But we got to still do our job regardless of what's going on up front, you know, injuries or whatever. We all got to still handle business. Well, I'm not saying this because you're in front of me. You're one of my favorite players on the team. Best of luck in the game. Uh, game one, the, the most important game. I appreciate that. We're talking sports on your way home. This is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Wherever you're listening, however you're listening, thanks for making us part of your day. Still to come, our color commentator on the Rough Rider Radio Network and former rider Luke Molliner will also hear from uh, Alan Zinter, former Major League Baseball hitting coach. He joined us yesterday. It's part of our Sports Cage Rewind feature and Farhan Lalji before it's all said and done. But first, let's go out on the Western Pizza Hotline and say hi to Rider fan Shane. Welcome to the show, Shane. Hey, how's it going? Good, man. What's up? Uh... The closer we get to Edmonton, the uh, uh, rougher it is for the smoke. Oh, yeah. We, uh, we just left North Battleford. Oh, so air quality could be an issue. Is that what you're telling me? Uh, well, I'm telling you that it's bad today. Yeah. It's pretty I get- smoky. That'll be something we're going to have to watch. And I know the Riders usually come back right after the game, but uh, they won't be coming back right after the game because of um, the airport uh the runway construction here, and so limited flights in and out uh, of Regina. So that'll be a bit of adversity for the team, too. But, hey, adversity is part of football for sure. How do you think the game's going to go? I think the Riders are going to come up with their big win. I was really impressed with that uh, first uh, in Winnipeg. The yeah, 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 a couple preseason Harris games there, yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 you were impressed with Harris's he first was drive. impressed with him yeah for sure so i think that uh, the offensive line can uh, stay glued together and try and stay healthy uh, we might do real well yeah we got some good receivers yeah well we're gonna get some reinforcements at offensive line as we go along colin kelly maybe gerald hawkins who's down in the states with some uh, personal yeah, he's an problems expert stealer yeah absolutely sounds like you're a Pit- team yeah i was gonna say sounds like you're a pittsburgh steeler fan well we won't hold that against you shane are you a regina guy or where are you driving to the game from yeah, we're uh, we left Regina at one o'clock. Okay, well you have a you have a safe trip. They're expecting over thirty thousand at the game. Of course, the tractor factor with rider fans will help out. Uh, they've even got uh, Evander Kane going to be at the game, so they're going to bring a little Oiler crossover to help out. Should be a great time, man. It's a really important game for both teams. It feels almost like a playoff game, first game of the year. Yeah, well, last time we went to Edmonton, we ended up winning the 13 Grey Cup. 13 Grey Cup? No, we won 13 Grey Cup in Regina, buddy. Shane. No, no, yeah, but we that year we had the. Oh, we went to I, I see what you're Our, saying. Yeah, I see what my you're whole saying. Whole family went to Edmonton. Oh, awesome, man. Who's all going? Sister in laws. Who's all going this my time? Whole family. Who's all going this time? My brother in law, Dale, and I. Awesome. Well, you guys have a safe. I, it is. Season ticket holder since 72. That's when I was born, man. That's when I was born. That's a long time. Kudos to you, man. Uh, good luck to you uh, you and Dale, and uh, cheer hard, okay? Okay. Drive safe. Thanks to Go them. Thanks to them for listening on the, uh, well, I'm assuming 620 CKRM airwaves, but because we can get 
to North Battleford easily with our signal, but they could also stream us on the app. Let's go out on the Western Pizza Hotline. Get it hot, get it fast, Western Pizza. Luke Mullender, and Luke, you just heard that caller. That's the passion, the tractor factor. They're traveling hard. This has, like, I am absolutely stoked for this game. Yeah, I'm really excited, too. I I think that uh, there's going to be... Obviously, uh, Philip Blake ending up on the injured list again today um, is cause for concern just because it feels like the, the one thing that we really wanted to happen was, was for this team to be healthy, especially in week one, and it's not right now. So obviously that's a concern, but I'm just excited because, you know, that game yesterday, that really fired me up. And I think that Ryder Nation watching that game yesterday should be really uh, enthused about the potential for the Riders to be competitive this year because um, aside from some great defense and some good scheme from um, from Ryan Phillips, um, you know th- those two teams looked like looked looked average to be honest with you. Yeah, I, I tell you what, man, Jake Mayer, you said he wouldn't have a great year. Now it's only one game, but uh, he hasn't looked really that good since he signed that contract. To be honest with you. Yeah, he, he was really struggling, and and his stats would have would have. Uh, had it not been for some referees and, and for some rule uh, overturns or whatever, that's been a lot worse that game. But, again, that, this is why Calgary pays Jake Mayer the money now. They don't pay him to not have a bad game. You can have a bad game when you're the number one quarterback. What Jake Mayer is being paid for is to watch the film, make the adjustments, and come back better and lead the team to the ne- in the next week. Yeah. That's what they're paying for him. They're paying for improvement um, on a week-to-week basis. So we'll see how it goes uh, moving forward. But, yeah, as a, as a week one, as, as a team that, you know, really needed to fire out of the gate, because you and I talked about, right, I, I've always said that, hey, this year I feel like it's going to be on Kadeem Carey even more than it was last year. And, and they didn't get a lot from Kadeem Carey because of obviously injuries. But, um, yeah, other than Kadeem, they, they didn't look like they were, they were, uh, they were really efficient. This is Luke Molitor joining us here. So let's go back to the Riders O-line right now. I don't have the depth chart in front of me. We don't get it till tomorrow. But just based on what I see on the roster. So you got Peter Godber at center, left guard Evan Johnson, right guard Logan Furland, uh, Eric Lofton at right tackle and left tackle that uh, latecomer Brandon Council from Auburn. Big six foot four, 300 plus pound left tackle. Yeah. Like I, with, with the IQ of of uh, Trevor Harris, I think we'll be okay. Where we run into problems, Luke, is if we get injuries. Logan Bandy's a backup, and I would assume they'll bring Zach Fry onto the roster because they got nobody else except for Riley Schick. So then what happens if you got to juggle? That's going to be the key. Yeah, exactly. And that's why, that's why you know, the best-case scenario was obviously to, be, to get into that game you know, um, healthier than ever. But, you know, that won't happen, so there'll be some young guys. But here's the thing. You got a quarterback that's used to getting the ball out quick, and you got an offensive coordinator and a staff that understand that, hey, the one thing to do to set up success for a young offensive line, for an inexperienced offensive line, is to A, run the football, and B, get the football out fast when you're throwing it. Do you think we're going to see a lot more of uh, an Albert Awachi, Thomas Bertrand, who don't type, where they, they're in there as the, kind of like an H-back, they're in there to block and beef up that old line at times? Yeah, I don't know. Um, you know, I think we would have seen more of it in the preseason if, uh, if, if, if it wasn't a plan. And who's to say, you know, that might have just been Bruno LaBelle just sort of being banged up and, and them only wanting to use one fullback and not wanting to put on a lot of, a lot on the, on the, on the rookie draft pick. But again, you know, there, there's more than one way to skin a cat, obviously. 
I think this team can run the football, um, you know, um, minus the two-back set. It's just that's what we were used to seeing the 2022 team doing when they were running it successfully, right? Mm-hmm. When they were running the ball successfully. But, hey, this isn't 2022. This is 2023. you got some new players. So let's see how that plays out. And, again, Kelly Jeffrey spent a whole year watching and learning about the, the traits and characteristics of the guys that, that are the core group of this offense, except for Trevor Harris. I think that you leave it on him to come up with the plan. You know, and lastly, the Riders, I do think, have an advantage in special teams. They've got a better, a more proven field goal kicker. Uh, Korzak, we saw him in limited duty, so we'll see how he does. The uh, the Elks have uh, newbies. In fact, they got a guy that's never kicked field goals in professional football in Dean Faithful. He was just in college at Colorado, was just the kickoff guy. He's mostly a soccer guy. Uh, they got a punter in late, Jake Julian, and I think the Riders obviously have the better return man. So that could be a key in this game too yeah i think that when you think about special teams it's it's, i I don't look at this as a as a as a kicker battle per se i look at it as a field position battle they got to win the field position the the riders have to start with good field position and they have to back cornelius and that offense up um when they do start right because uh you make cornelius go the field mix up some looks in front of them and and to do that you're going to have really good cover teams and that's the that's the good part about it is that throughout the preseason, or there's only two games, but the Rough Riders special teams, the kick coverage looked good, right? So, and, and it's always really been a strength of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders since Craig Dickinson has been associated with this team. So I would anticipate that to continue. But again, field position is going to be everything in this game to start off. Luke, thanks for your time, man. Can't wait to see you on the plane. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a great game on Sunday. All right, see you then. Take care, man. Luke Mulder joining us on the Western Pizza Hotline. When we come back, Farhan Lalji of TSN does check in, and we'll have our Sports Cage Rewind to wrap up the show. This is the Sports Cage on a Friday for Nelson Holmes on 620 CKRM. And it's 532 with your sports ticker for Busy Bee Overhead. Busy Bee will repair or replace your residential or commercial garage door so you don't get stuck in or out. Catch the buzz. Busy Bee Doors, the garage door specialists. One game in the CFL tonight. The Hamilton Tiger Cats in Winnipeg taking on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And just over or just under an hour away until kickoff from Winnipeg, Manitoba. That's going to be a fun one to watch tonight. The Toronto Blue Jays in action right now at home versus the Minnesota Twins starting up a three-game weekend series versus the Twinkies. And as it sits right now, no score. Bottom two. Let's round the bases. Time for today's Sports Cage Regina Red Sox report on the voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. Well, the Regina Red Sox came up with a thrilling 7-6 win in 10 innings over the visiting Moose Jaw Miller Express yesterday at Curry Field. Cameron Brantley with the walk-off hit to seal the game. And here he is after the game with our own Sean Kleisinger. Here is Cameron Brantley from Charlotte, North Carolina. Big walk-off win in the bottom of the 10th inning. How many walk-offs have you had in your career? Honestly, uh, it's funny you say that. That's my first one. My first career. one, and it comes in Regina, Saskatchewan, man. How will... Have you enjoyed your time so far here in Regina? Is it your first time in Canada? Yes, it is. Uh, Canada's, Canada has been great to me. Um, it's a blessing, so I'm very grateful. What, were, uh, what was going through your mind, I guess? What was your approach uh, in the bottom of the tent there? Uh, just stay calm, do a job, and uh, stick to what you know, I've been training for my, basically my whole life. So. Were you looking for fastball in that particular pitch there? or What, was, uh, what, were, what kind of pitch were you looking for? 
Uh, definitely a fastball. I saw yeah. he was throwing and um, bases loaded, you know, one out, the pressure's on him, so I just took advantage of that. The Regina Red Sox report a presentation of the Canadian Brew House. Check out the CBH's new menu. Lots of great food and drink options on there, and you can watch the Stanley Cup Final. The NBA Final, Major League Baseball's the Blue Jays have won nine of their last 11 games, and CFL football. As a matter of fact, tonight, it's the Bombers and the Hamilton Tiger Cats in Winnipeg. Of course, the Ryder game will be on down there on Sunday. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at SportsCage. Now, back to the action on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. All right, welcome back to the Sports Cage. Michael Ball here, just ahead of Farhan Lalji. This was one of the great sports moments of all time. Zinger, I'm not a Colorado Avalanche fan, but it was on this day, June 9th, 2001. Well, Patrick was involved. Yeah, that Raymond Bork finally hoisted the oh, Stanley yeah. Cup in his 22nd season. The captain, Joe Sackett, grabs it, doesn't put it above his head, chest high, like a chest pass over to Ray Bork, and he skates around. Yeah, that was great. That was against New Jersey, right? I, yeah, I love Ray. I love Ray Bork. Yeah, he That's was cool. a, he was good. I, I was cheering for the Avs. I was nine years old yeah. watching that. Yeah. That was a good. good All right, cup. let's get out to the Western Pizza Hotline. Talk to our friend Farhan Lalji. Uh, that that was one of the great sporting moments, Farhan. Yeah, it really was. And what was cool about that is, I mean, obviously Borkin played his entire career in Boston, and they had a real rally for him when he took the cup back to Boston. Yeah, and just because he meant so much to that community, right? So to see him win it and just you know that late in his career and everything like that, and for everybody else to respect the moment for him, I thought was was pretty cool. But one of the best defensemen in the history of hockey and. You know, when when you're the best or that close to being the best, you don't want that guy to end his career without hoisting it and knowing what it feels like. I, I always hate the best at number one. You know, mm-hmm. that, that storyline with guys, I don't like that, and I'm glad Bork never had to wear it. Yeah, that's one of mine. I'm, I'm, I'm an Oilers fan, but it always sucked that Dale Howard Chuck never won, in my opinion. Totally, totally. And, you know, and, I, and I'm, I'm not an Oilers fan, but it would be a shame for Connor McDavid not to win one. Yeah, I uh, now, will the Oilers lose in back-to-back years to the eventual Stanley Cup champ? Like, are the color, are the um, Vegas Golden Knights uh, still going to win this thing, or how do you think it's going to shake down now after that overtime loss? Yeah, I think I think Vegas is going to win the next two games, and this thing ends in five. I, I think yeah. they were uh, unfortunate not to win this last one. I think they're a, uh, an experienced team that's ready for the moment, and you know, both individually and collectively. And I think they're absolutely going to. Going to find a way to get this thing done in a hurry here. He did a great job on the sidelines yesterday in the CFL's debut. I liked uh, what TSN did there uh, with regards to the overhead camera shots with, I'm assuming, drones. That was a great, cool look at a couple of situations. And I loved how they mixed the ambient sound and it didn't drown out any announcers or anything like that. But you kind of got a taste of the uh, field-level uh, audio, too. So I like that. You did a great job. But what did you see in that game from your perspective? Yeah, you know, I, I saw I saw kind of what I expected from BC. Quite honestly, offensively, I, I'm I'm not surprised Vernon Adams played as well as he did. I know there was some kind of up and down in the middle of that game, but in key moments, I thought he did what I've been expecting based on on the body of work I've seen from him to this point um, in camp and and uh, and in the preseason, and just from you know what I've, I've gleaned from the coaches. Uh, what surprised me honestly was probably more what I what I saw from Calgary. You know, Jake Mayer, who was extremely accurate last year, wasn't necessarily always accurate in this game. I think there were also some moments where uh, the rush, you could tell, got to him because it, it affected his mechanics. And there were some throws that he made that he was stepping away from and trying to make sure that he was 
protecting himself from the hit, and it affected where those balls were being thrown, including on that interception, which eventually the Stamps got back because BC fumbled it on the return. You know, there, there were some plays there that were a little out of character. They just missed on some key uh, moments to Bagleton and Henry. And, you know, what, what didn't surprise me is that there wasn't necessarily a ton there from the rest of the receiving core, right? Because, um, you know, that's been my big question with Calgary. What's going to happen there uh, if, if, you know, once you get Henry and Bagleton stopped? And, and Dukes got the touchdown, and he was their leading receiver, but... You know, there were some there were some things offensively with Calgary that really really surprised me throughout the game. Yeah, for sure. Looks like BC might have a running back there. I was a little I was a little uh, kind of iffy in that category. What I saw here in Regina in Week One and then uh, the follow up game Week Two, I was like, it's kind of pedestrian. But Mizell or Mizell, however you say it, Smoke had a pretty good game for them. Yeah, he did. You know, and and uh, that was the thing. I didn't think they were going to go with him, quite frankly, from. The conversations I've had, I, there was, I got the sense they were going to go with the safe pick with Antonio Williams, uh, the other running back they had, just that, you know, a little more NFL mileage, bigger body, could hold up in pass protection, you know. He, but one thing Rick said, to, Rick Campbell said to me was that, you know, he'll get you what the play gives you and what the line gives you. But this guy, if we can get him out of the gate on certain plays, he can really make some noise. And, you know, I think his first carry of the game went for about 16 yards, and uh, he was over 80 yards on the night on just 12 carries. So, he did some pretty good things, and I thought that offensive line did some good things because, you know, I wanted to keep a close eye on them because the left side of that line had changed, but it changed to players that have still been in the system, mm-hmm. right? When you, you had Jarrell Broxton, who started for them in the playoff game last year. He's been here for three years. Same with Andrew Pearson. So to just see those guys really kind of know what they were doing uh, and provide some creases for Mizell, I thought was a – uh, you know, that bodes well for the Lions down the road because obviously myself has got some pretty big shoes to fill with James Butler. It'll be strange tonight to watch Bo Levi Mitchell in a Hamilton Tiger Cat uniform and a national uh, televised game here on Friday Night Football. Um, I had Andy Fantuz on earlier. It, it really is. It's winter bust for the Tiger Cats. They've loaded up this year and they've got the longest drought in the CFL at 24 years. A lot of pressure on this team. Yeah, I would agree with you, and and they are all in. But it's weird because when I look at that roster, you know, I think a few years ago, the year Winnipeg won the first time uh, in 2019, and everybody expected Hamilton, right? When you look at their offseason that year, they were the dream team with all the players that they acquired, and you just couldn't find a lot of weaknesses. I still see weaknesses on this Hamilton roster. And I went through an exercise on the weekend where I picked the top five quarterbacks in my mind in terms of their situation, Right, not just the best player, but mm-hmm. just the best situation for success for that guy. And you know, and, and I mentioned right up the top that don't get mad at me, Saskatchewan, because I didn't include Trevor Harris. Because if it was just best quarterback, I'd include Trevor Harris uh, in my top three for sure. But when I look at Hamilton, you know, I see some improvement with James Butler in the backfield if they're going to commit to running the football. Joel Figueroa makes them better on the O line, but they just lost Chris Van Zyl, who went on the sixth game. But then I look at that receiving core and I see Tim White, and then what? Like, you saw Duke Williams as much as anybody. What did he do in his eight games last year? Nothing. And he was banged up. And now he's 30. And he's only played 12 CFL games in the last two years. And then you've got two other Americans who, between them, have two games played. And you've got a bunch of Canadians that just haven't, you know, had a lot of mileage. We're not talking about Keen Schaefer Baker. We're not talking about the Phil Potts when healthy. We're talking about, you know, a young guy in Keandre Smith and some other guys who've just kind of been guys. Right, So when I look at who he's going to throw to, I wonder. So hopefully they can find ways to get 
uh, James Butler the ball in, in multiple different ways. Uh, you know, hopefully they can find some additional threats with, with Tim White because he's going to be their star, mm-hmm. as, as I see it. He's the one guy that you know what you're going to get. And then after that, I have some big questions about the receiving core. So I think Bo's healthy. I think he's fine. I don't think Bo's going to be a problem. I just hope he's got enough around him. So uh, you're not going to be on Kongbo's uh, Christmas card list and vice versa? Uh, <laughs> uh, just uh, just wrap that up there. Uh, w- what the heck went on in BC there, Farhan? Yeah, you know, uh, you know, Jonathan talked, and I talked about that that whole episode the following day. And, you know, for, for me, you know, we, I spoke to a number of people on the team side uh, that kind of gave me their version of the story from, from different levels, players, assistants, and head coach. And then... Um, then Kongbo put his tweet out, right? And mm-hmm. so when he put his tweet out, and I had tried to get a hold of him, he hadn't, you know, um, uh, and I hadn't heard from him yet, and then the tweet went out. So I thought, okay, well, he's kind of had his say there. So now I had to pivot and find out who he was talking about and what was going on there. And, you know, ultimately, I think the whole thing just, it, it was a bad fit on both sides. Because uh, if there was one mistake I made, I, I probably made it sound immediately like, the Lions got rid of Jonathan Kongbo. It was pretty mutual, right? Like Kongbo mm-hmm. also wanted out quickly, so it was it was very mutual. And it's unfortunate because I know he was really excited about playing at home uh, in Sur- You know, he's from Surrey, played at Holy Cross High School. I've known him since then. So you know, I thought that that would work well for the franchise because as good as um, the you know the rebuild has been and what Amar Doman is doing, like having a signature star local BC guy would be great, right? Like a guy like Lacombo is kind of at the back end of his career. So it's unfortunate it didn't work out, but I think it was mutual in, in terms of the parting. And uh, hopefully he does well because, you know, like you, I want more elite Canadian players in this league. Yep. And I think he's got an elite elite skill set, and I hope that he finds it in Hamilton because it would be good for the league. We've got 90 seconds left before we have to uh, go, Farhan. What are you most looking forward to in this rider uh Elks game, which I think is the most intriguing of the week, and not just because I'm in Saskatchewan. These teams have a lot of pressure on them in week one. Yeah, both of them do, absolutely, right? And, um, you know, I, I just I want to see who emerges from Saskatchewan's receiving core. First of all, I want to see what that offensive line looks yeah. like. Even Craig Dickinson said yesterday, he doesn't, he doesn't quite know yet, right? Still today. Uh, I'm sure got a pretty good... <laughs> Yeah, and so, you know, that, like that's a tough thing to be dealing with a couple of days out from your first game of the year, and he suggested it could be a problem all year long, right? So I hope that Trevor Harris has time, because I'm not sure these guys are going to necessarily get a ton of separation, right? Um, at least until Kean Schaefer-Baker gets back. So, uh, and I, But I want to see some of the young players in that receiving court that we maybe not don't know as much about. I want to see who emerges from that group, because Trevor's going to find them, right? He's still a very good quarterback who's poised for a good season as long as some guys can get some separation and give them targets to throw to. So I just want to see who emerges there as much as anything. Farhan, thanks for your time, man. Great work as always, not just here, but on TSN. We'll talk to you soon. Have a good weekend, okay? Thanks, buddy. Enjoy the game Sunday. Looking forward to hearing your call. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. That is Farhan Lalji, TSN, ace sideline reporter, ace reporter for the Canucks, and, of course, play-by-play man on their broadcast as well. We'll be back to wrap things up in a moment with the Sports Cage Rewind on 620 CKRM.